everybody, and welcome to episode 399 of Vigigame Apocalypse. I'm your host, Michael Reparas, saying Merry Christmas to those of you who are celebrating it, because this comes out on December 25th. Who else is joining me here in the Midna Majora Memorial Studio of the Airwaves? If you want to get in on this studio naming action, go to patreon.com slash laser time. Thank you, patrons. Your boy, Sam Goody, Chris Hanseast, <laughs> is here. And don't say 399, just round it up to 400, Matthew Allen. <laughs> <laughs> and special guest Auntie Anne's smell admirer Greg Moore Check me out on Twitch at Lacquerware Awesome at Stream games Awesome It's Christmas and if you're hearing this Almost certainly the that holiday spirit has faded And you're left <laughs> with a bunch of stuff And a bunch of wrapping paper that needs to go out to the recycling No, no, I'm sure everybody's out there picking up their uh, Christmas McRibs um, mm -hmm. However the fuck you're going to have Christmas dinner this year. McCribs. McCribs. Spelled C-H-R-I-B-S. Th this is our last full regular show of 2020. So uh, let's give it a big double middle finger farewell. But uh, <laughs> here's to a better year. The games were okay, though. Yeah, Did no, the, you guys not have a good year? Yeah, I mean, you know, <laughs> no. it was kind of cool never having to leave the house. No, I kind of like One that. of the worst years I've ever had. It gets worse every day. <laughs> I hate this shit. But it has been a great year for games, as you said, and uh, we will pay tribute to our 10 favorite of those games with next week's episode 400, our final, final show of 2020. Annual Game of the Year countdown coming soon. When you say we have to pay tribute, it sounds like we have to sacrifice one of us or something. We right? do! Which one will it be? Tune in next week to find out. It's it's usually me. I haven't played like three of the games you guys put on your best of the list. <laughs> yeah. I'm yeah. the sacrifice. I didn't want to break it to you this early in the show, Greg, but uh, we're going to need you to come back just for like 10 minutes next week. Sorry. <laughs> mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. No Rude. <laughs> uh, yeah. In the meantime, we've got all this post-holiday afterglow, after gloom. What would you call it to, to get through? And uh, we wanted to give this sort of a, a holiday feel and then the more we tried to figure out a holiday -y topic the more we realized that what we really wanted to do was salute something that is rapidly disappearing from our culture and take a look at the phenomenon of dead malls as they've appeared in video games over the years these rotting husks of capitalism that now take up space in pretty much any town yeah, yeah. because if they weren't on their way out before 2020 a year where Pretty much most states have locked things down and told you, no, you cannot do non-essential shopping. That's going to be the nail in the coffin of, of a lot of malls, you know. Mm -hmm. Although they're, they're proving to be like zombie-esque and resilient and yes. they, they don't actually mm -hmm. go away. They just stay there in this weird undead state. Maybe it's undead malls is really what we're talking about. Now that I'm definitely – <laughs> I, I could be too old to be stopping by at friends' homes anyway. But like when I'm looking for an excuse to leave the house now – not right right now. I don't mind walking into a mall and just not buying anything and wandering around, maybe, maybe picking up a Cinnabon. I don't hate the ambiance of a mall. Mm. And even if I'm just browsing and shit and I'm going to buy an Amazon later, it is still fun. And by the looks of it, there are plenty of housewives there doing the same thing at 10 o'clock on a Tuesday uh, and <laughs> shopping exclusively at Starbucks. Like, there's, there's not a lot of bags, just people hanging out. Still to this day. Well, it's such a big part of being a teen. I just wonder, like, if how are they dying off? Like, don't teens still need a place to like hang out? That's what, I, that's what I don't understand because it was it was basically growing up in Florida. That's like the only place 
kids could be alone with air conditioning. Otherwise, <laughs> yeah, and and like at least afford like a Mrs. Fields cookie. Yeah. Or something, Modern you know? teens hang out in Fortnite. As as one of the games on our list will explain, I think the reason they are dying off is where kids hang out nowadays is just on the internet. Yes. They they do what we're doing now uh, as we record. They they can talk and they don't need to see each other in yeah. person. Not necessarily so. podcasting, but they're on social media and like I said, they gather on Fortnite or in Minecraft. Like that's right. where you play with your friends nowadays. Man, our yeah. friends' parents' basements also dying out. I mean, I, that was the other where I grew up, we don't have basements. <laughs> yeah, and so I haven't been in a basement. <laughs> yeah, in maybe they are. Same in California. Who, who can afford a basement anymore? Yeah, no basements at all. You have to go to the attic where it's hot as shit. Yeah, uh, <laughs> we we don't usually have those. I was very sad, like looking on YouTube and and just on a whim looking at my hometown mall, and it's like first thing it's like dead malls across america i'll look at this place and oh shit and then he like wanders in and it's just like well there's almost nobody there because of covid but it's not dead like most of the places are still open so it's it's ours is a very strange site the strangest one i spoke about on uh i think our bonus 30 2010 game show that's up right now just that like they only put half the christmas decorations up they left two wings like completely unscathed by the holidays Oh. And and it's the first year since the Sears closed. And the Sears was like this mecca in the 80s where you could get absolutely everything. You get your tires rotated, your taxes done, mm-hmm. your passport photo taken. And it's just, it, it they wall, every time a store closes, instead of leaving that like shuttered feeling, they like pave over it with drywall until oh, someone takes the space, which yeah. inevitably they will yeah. not. <laughs> yeah, well, like, so like at my local malls, the Sears closed down as well, and those are those are called anchor stores in malls. Mm. Don't ask mm. me how I know that. And I, you start to see the effect in real time. Like all of the shops near where the closed down Sears is have slowly just been closing down. So like the only active side of the mall is the one near the Macy's that's still open. Yeah. So it's just like, yeah, man. Once you lose one of those big box, like the big chain anchor stores. Your mall, it, and if and if nothing comes in to replace it, like that is a death knell for a mall. Yeah. It's it's wild, dude. Ang- mine mine is totally weird. Like where there used to be a gap, there's like a Halloween store. You know, like those oh, around like oh spirit God. stores. Yeah, yeah, they just oh, yeah. they just move into they're like hermit crabs. They just move into the abandoned carapaces of dead <laughs> businesses. It's 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 so difficult to wrap my head. Just I, I I was going to my childhood mall, and I still park at the area that had the Ruby Tuesdays where we could get drinks underage. Even though that it's just like this <laughs> long, lonely walk of nothing to get into the actual mall, um, and and I want to say good riddance. They're all a bunch of shitty chains because our mall especially has three van stores. Mm. What the fuck? Wow, three what? journeys? No, they have three journeys and a van store. I'm like that is way too much vans. My my opinion of <laughs> shitty chains has changed drastically since you know growing up in the middle of nowhere. Like every time our mall would get a shitty chain store, it's like we're getting a shitty chain store. Oh my god. And oh my like god, moving it's the Schlotzkys. Moving to California, it's just it's the landscape is nothing but those. And so like yeah. moving, you know, going back home to visit while my parents still lived in my hometown, it's just like, oh, there's uh here's all the shit we have in California. Okay. That's- well, I think weren't malls always chain stores? Like that's totally Kinda. a plot of the eighties is like the local store getting taken over by the big chain store, but like mm-hmm. maybe, like you said, Michael, is a California thing, but I'm like Every store around me has always just been a chain store. There's there's very few mom and pop stores. Kind of, I just with. I have noticed mm-hmm. that like uh, like art did have your gaps all closed. I didn't know the gap is the gap out of business. Our gap is gone. And yeah, now think, just a literal think, gap. Yeah, mm, yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> and but like it's just an open pit mine now. <laughs> it, it, did, it did showcase like the the, the 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 stores that aren't closed. And by my admit, I'll admit are the ones that were less interesting to me growing up were the non-chain stores, the businesses that have been there for 30, 40 years. They're the ones who are surviving through this because I guess they have a loyal customer base. So I'm not, I am not cheering on the death of malls because fuck, no. Amazon <laughs> dominating even further is not what you want. It's, it's not right. something to cheer, but it's it's just a weird phenomenon. It's like these used to be like the center of the town and increasingly they're just becoming these sad little abandoned husks. We did a, a laser time a year or two ago around Christmas about dead malls and what a majority of them are becoming. I think as of two years ago, 75% are being converted into state offices. And you can wow. it's pretty clear to see if you if, if if it looks like a mall but it's not it's not in any way trying to attract business or look nice, it's a state business. It's yeah. the Department of yeah. Business <laughs> and Professional Regulation. It, yep. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. Like my my mall, the whole second floor is office space. I can just tell. Like it's yeah. like because no one goes up there. It's like yeah, there's, there's oh, definitely sweet. offices. Where the Cold Stone used to be is now an army recruiter. Oh goodness. Yeah, it's it's just like a weird phenomenon, and it's I, in a lot of places. My understanding is like the mall. So like if it if you live in the middle of the country where it's just ungodly like humid and hot, like you would go escape to yes. the mall where mm-hmm. there was air conditioning and stuff like that. They were they were built to keep commerce up in inhospitable climates, including both summer and winter. A place where you could yeah. park one mm-hmm. place, walk, and shop at numerous stores, and it was good for everybody's business to do that. Um, right. I, I, sorry, California I did a lot of research in weird... malls. Well, do, do, do other states have the big outdoor mall thing? Is like no. outdoor malls are huge in California, where that it's would, just like yeah, I'm just kind of walking. In, <laughs> in Arizona, they have to spray mist at their outdoor malls just because it's so <laughs> inhospitable. Oh yeah, it sounds like Palm Springs or something like that. But but I was wondering, like, okay, so what replaced that? I know movie theaters had for a while been like, oh, this is the air conditioning place. Uh, that's not going to happen much longer. Mm-hmm. Is it just Walmart's? Is that the place to escape when you're uncomfortable now? It's just I, go to Walmart. It's kind of what I've been doing. Huh? They didn't get the new arcade one-up machines in. Guess I'll steal a couple Blu-rays and. <laughs> Man, I remember the Sam Goody in our mall yep. was like rumored to, like you know the security sensor things at the front of the store. Yep. They were like down for months, oh, and word Why? got out to like all the schools. And kids used to just like openly talk about stealing from Sam Goody. I, yes, we did. Then, that exact same thing happened to me because uh, we figured out because they would put those protective cases on the CDs, and yeah. we found out we can go browse t-shirts because they had a lower tier of t-shirts hanging so they went up against the floor so you look like you're browsing t-shirts but your knee is cracking open the cd case and getting <laughs> can we it talk really quickly oh, what what is that device that magic that unsealed those cases know. it was like literally just two metal buttons on the counter they would slam the thing on and then would open it up but somehow it was like there was some weird magnetism some shit that would like it's, it's, yeah just magic well, after alcatraz closed they had these things just lying around <laughs> those those were the original face-off script. They were very boring. But I, I yeah, I, I'm not happy for the loss of malls. But I, I'm I'm the first to admit I don't use them very much anymore. I think yeah. I think I, I haven't really like maybe maybe ten fourteen years ago it was like a regular habit of mine where I'd like yeah, I'm, I'm free on a weekend I'll go down to the mall and just sort of like bum around go to the arcade see what's new eat, totally. eat something at the food court and. Then yeah, they they remodeled them all, and it's just like, well, everything I liked is gone now. So now this sucks. Doesn't have the same energy. Yeah, I went I went there once when I needed it. My TV broke back when I couldn't play God of War, and I went to like 
we, the Best Buy didn't have my model, so we go to Sears. And I go into Sears, and it's just like, when those places aren't playing music, it's terrifying. It's exactly what we're going to talk about in these games. Mm, yeah. <laughs> and oh, yeah, I'm like, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, uh, where are your TVs at? And he's like, um, oh, we don't have we don't have TVs. And I'm like, Sears doesn't have... What do you have here? Because it looks like mostly lawn furniture. Like, what do you sell at Sears? Do you not remember Sears was like this? It was the Amazon of yeah. its day. It had fucking everything. Mm-hmm. The- yeah, and if if you can't find it in stores, you can order it from the catalog. Yeah, I took. And well, but then the other thing that Sears in. had was an excellent return policy and an excellent repair policy. Like anything you bought there, it was like Costco. Kind of like is like that now. Like if you bought a thing at Sears, you could take it back and just be like, "Look, I bought it here." And I, as and long as you could prove that, I ended up at Costco with a free six year warranty on a fucking dirt cheap television. Thank God for a friend's account. But but yeah, one time I went to, to Sears out of like corporate pity, and, and then what do you have? And like, where's your entertainment section? Like, we don't sell anything like that. Washer dryers, that's kind of it. And they had a, a, they had the saddest DVD section I've ever seen. Even though I got what I wanted, which was a a DVD of the Ray Bradbury TV show from like the late '60s, and a collection of Puppet Master and demonic toys. And like and that was like one of <laughs> one of twelve DVDs that Sears had. <laughs> Thank you. I think for me, the heyday of Sears was in like 1985, 86 when the NES came out and they had like a little demo unit where you could go up and play for free. And I I think it would like reset every five, ten minutes or something. But it's just like, yeah, fucking Urban Champion. Oh, man, I'm awesome at this game. Fucking Legend of Zelda. This is amazing. What am I doing? I don't know. I used to do that with the Genesis. Yeah. They had a Genesis, too. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) I love that so much. So I, I I suspect the real reason malls are dying, though, is they are... They are inextricably linked to the middle class in America. They're very much a middle class location Mm -hmm. because I've noticed the only malls that do survive are like the bougie fucking the really expensive ones. Like there's one near Stanford that only has like high end stores like Barney's and shit like that. Like they're doing just fine. Mm -hmm. But like our normal malls, they're all dying off. Oh, what do we sell candles that are over a hundred dollars? (laughs) That's <laughs> All right, so let's get into our top five dead malls and video games right after this. Do you like Video Game Apocalypse in 30 2010? Well, the LaserTime Patreon has figured out a way to combine the two over at patreon.com slash lasertime. We've taken a month's worth of 302010's games from 30, 20, and 10 years ago and grabbed the hosts, Michael Raparas and Matthew Allen from Video Game Apocalypse. And with our combined three decades plus in the games industry, we found a great way to take a deep dive into the biggest gaming anniversary of the month. Here's a recent sample. It's a lot of games. games uh, but here are some games I do not love, but have been sitting on sounds for over a decade. Who's that knocking at the door? Hi. Oh, it's Dan Amrick. No, it's Hi. It's it's Big Bird. Hi. <laughs> it's Big Bird, and uh, he has a. It's it's one of the first games to have speech in it, and not just speech. Yeah. It is like this is Carol Spinney. This is the voice actor. Um, yeah. A modular Rest version, in peace. yeah, of yeah, the the original and best Big Bird. Let's play hide and speak. Choose a game. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Wow, he really like there. No, enunciate clearly into that mic, Carol, because people aren't going to be able to understand a word of this. Choose a game. And I, what I really love about it is that like a normal game would tell you like fail, you died, wrong, and it's Sesame Street game, so I can't do that. Find the count. Find Bert. That's Grover. <laughs> it can't tell you, you got it wrong. 
So, in addition to weekly bonus shows, over 100 movie commentaries, exclusive specials, you can get the 30 2010 Video Games Edition, celebrating a month of important gaming milestones every single month at patreon.com slash lasertime in exchange for just five bucks. And you'll support all of the Laser Time shows, including Video Game Apocalypse, right guys? And we're back to talk about what? Dead Mouse. Dead Dead Mouse. Bring out your malls. Dead <laughs> He's not dead yet. You can't bring them out. They're these massive eyesores that nobody knows what to do with. Beginning with... Number five. This is kind of the original dead mall or undead mall. Back from an era when there were no dead malls. This is 1986's Zombie. Oh. The first I game ever forgetting. published by Ubisoft, full disclosure, I work there. However, I do not speak for them, and any views expressed herein are purely my own and do not represent those of Ubisoft. With that out of the way... Uh, so I suggested this to you, and I was shocked. I had no idea this existed, that the Zombie yeah. was a, a franchise, basically. I saw this on the notes, and I thought I was thinking of the Wii U one. <laughs> well, the Wii U one is kind of its spiritual successor, but this, this was yeah. a four-character point and click adventure game that was originally for the Amstrad CPC computer in Europe and later I think in 1990 was ported to Amiga, Commodore 64, Atari ST, ZX Spectrum and it clearly took some inspiration from Dawn of the Dead to the point where toward the beginning one of the the early things you can do is power up some delivery trucks to barricade the entrances. Yeah, that sweet engine sound from 1986. <laughs> uh. And also, like, toward the end, the zombies that you have to fight are replaced by bat-wielding thugs who show up to take your stuff. Hey! Seem to go, hey, instead of bats. Ah. Are they hitting people with them? Or are they, like, hitting their own hand, like, well, 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 Mr. Rapare? You know, that's that's just the sound of their footsteps. So this, oh, this okay. is kind so of a, oh, wow. first, okay. like, it's like the first season of The Simpsons. <laughs> yeah, it, it's kind of an unusual setup. In like, I've never played a, a point-and-click adventure quite like this. In that, like, everything is in first person. You're going from room to room to different stores of this mall, getting you know, picking up guns and food items and whatever. And then when there is a zombie in the room with you, there's like a little zombie icon that lights up. And you can either leave the room or you can wait for it to walk on screen. And uh, at that point, you can shoot it or physically attack it or it'll attack you. But they're pretty slow moving. They, they give you ample opportunities to shoot them in the head. I, I just like this on a historical level. But it's one of those games where like the gameplay is like one fifth of the screen. And... Mm-hmm. I, and I the rest is all are. just like icons and character portraits. Like every Amiga like game. Yeah, every everything British people had to play and I didn't. And I I, <laughs> I luckily avoided. And uh, yeah, but I was just shocked to find cuz you were even you were telling me like this is back in the day when everyone was sort of ripping Dead Rising the first one had to have a sticker on it that says this is in no way a reference yeah. to George Romero's Dawn of the Dead. Whereas Back in the day, everybody was ripping off Dawn of the Dead, and it's named Zombie with an I, which is also the name of the rip-off Dawn of the Dead sequel. Well, Zombie <laughs> 2, just known in the U.S. as Zombie, or Lucio Fulci's Zombie, but yeah. was was made in Italy as like an unofficial sequel to, to Dawn of the Dead. And yeah, in a lot of Europe, Dawn of the Dead was just known as Zombie. 
And uh, isn't in, that the one with like a zombie fighting a shark underwater or something? Yes, is yes, that that's the, yeah, that, that is, scene Luch- is amazing. Fulci zombie. <laughs> they, I, I read all about that. They had they they doped that shark to the gills. Yeah, and then had a guy like a, a, a guy underwater as a zombie trying to bite it and fight it. It's one of the the craziest yeah. looking scenes I've it, ever seen. And and I read that like oh the the actor who was supposed to play the zombie got sick that day, so the shark's trainer had to stand in for him. It's like why wasn't the shark's trainer who's used to working with the shark the one to do the scene in the first place? Uh, <laughs> why was that ever a question? Maybe the actor had that epiphany and was like, I should just call and say, yeah. yeah. <laughs> how, how does one go about becoming a shark trainer? Because I kind of feel like they do whatever the fuck uh, they want. Yeah. Swim! <laughs> swim! Eat! Eat! eat good that shark! Thing. Good shark! You're doing a great yeah, job of verbal commands. <laughs> you would think they'd be untrainable. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I definitely do. Mm-hmm. I feel like I, I would love to see a story of someone befriending a shark and then watch it turn on him. <laughs> not even when it's not even hungry. Don't don't uh, don't be friends with sharks. Sharks are one thing we can all equally hate. Eh, Just kidding. Right. We all did, we did a later time a while back. Sharks sharks, sharks kill fewer people than like vending machines. So like, mm, yeah. <laughs> but you know, so, vending yeah. machines are less scary when you encounter them underwater. That's true. Yeah, but vending machines don't get right. their own week. You know, yeah, these sharks true. have a week. Vending machine week on Discovery. <laughs> I would watch that. I would totally watch that. <laughs> Just about people getting crushed by vending machines. Well, no, like if they were Japanese vending machines, the kind of crazy shit they sell out of vending machines there. That, that's uh-huh. interesting. It's true. Shout out real quick to Hot Lemonade. Love you, Japan. I can't believe that hasn't caught on here. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Hot Lemonade. Isn't that what you? Isn't that just Theraflu? You basically I, just. I was there. expecting it's a piss reference, Matt. I applaud rebranded. you for your, your maturity, <laughs> creativity. Bracing myself for a urine joke. Well, the 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 go to piss reference with Japanese vending machine drinks is cow piss. Ah, yes. What's cow piss water? Which sounds like cow piss. Cow piss water. Cow piss water. Cow piss. C a l. Cow piss. It's a. It's yeah. a. It's just a drink that's everywhere. And it sounds like cow piss. Mm-hmm. We can move on. I don't drink yeah, anything without the Suntory guy on it. <laughs> Well, I know what you're all asking, which is, how did this game sound on the ZX Spectrum? Well, I'll tell you. Oh, God. (laughs) The tension is palpable. Hey, Michael, if you wondered how we veered off into Japanese vending machine territory, this is what happens when you throw a game on the list none of us have played. We're all just like, yeah, it sounds like a great game. We saw a screenshot. <laughs> Neat. I think it's still a good historical footnote. Yeah, yeah. Z- Zombie, the original Dead Mall, 1986, before any malls had started dying. And this next one went through kind of an interesting transition over the years. Number four. be fair, that is the alive version of this mall from the original Tony Hawk's Pro say. Skater. Well, this, I'm just too busy oh. worrying about DMCA takedown notice now that you played that music, Michael. <laughs> I just feel like uh, we're going to be targeted. <laughs> I was going to guess that the game was the soundtrack for Surf Ninjas. because that, <laughs> uh, that was Tony Hawk's Pro Skater. This is the original Tony Hawk's Pro yes. Skater, not the remake version, correct? Well, or is that the remake? Actually, no, I wanted to compare it to the remake, which is Maybe better. It captures that dead mall ambiance without the music. And if you just get to listen to the sounds of the board and the silence of the mall.
he's here. Steve Austin's here. By God, by God, he's here. <laughs> so do you, is, do you reckon they did this to reflect the changing times and the yes, fact that malls yes. are dying? In, in the original, yes, the yeah, mall wasn't did. dead, and in it, this yeah, it new wasn't one, dead at it's all. totally run down and dead. And if you watch one right after the are other, are there other you changes that, like that in the game? Not that I've seen. Although, if you do watch them back to back, like the differences are extremely striking. Where, yeah, the the original one is very much alive with the the it's bright and sunny there's water flowing through the 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 huge fountain that dominates the center of it but then if you go and look at it in the the remake that came out this year it is the exact same map like all the features are the same but clearly it has seen better days the water is off the stores are boarded up there's graffiti all over the place and uh, there's, they actually say something in the loading screen. It's like, uh, not not many mall cops these days, just a high risk of tetanus. Yeah, and, and some, some hobo sleeping bags. I, I double-checked to see if they, like, did anything cheeky with the, uh, the goals or the gaps, but those are all exactly the same. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's a missed opportunity. Well, oddly enough, the only store I think that is still open is the van store. Chris, you were talking about how yours has, like, three or four van stores. Yeah. Like, it's still... It still seems to be open because I just played through this level. Can't kill van stores for some reason. <laughs> I never <laughs> noticed that the van store was open, but I, I think they're the skater shoe company. Yeah. No, uh, well, uh, yeah, didn't vans back that escape culture in a big way? Literally killed the warp tour. They're not. A, they're not going to be in this game. Oh, Fuck them. No, no, they're still. They still sponsor every popular skateboarder that I can't name one name of now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> they're all in that Chad game. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> were there, so were there other changes like that in the in the? In the remake, or was uh, this just this one? For the school thing? level, there is a public notice about how it shut down for COVID, yeah. so that was fun. Oh, no way. But, yeah. I mean, you know, it was never... It was always like school... You're going to the school on a weekend or whatever before. Yeah, so. right. Yeah. But, yeah, yeah, not, yeah, not, yeah, not a lot but of this, this was the changes. most drastic change. I didn't like it. Hmm. Um, the change or the game? The the, the remake of the stage. Hmm. It's it's not it's not only that I felt, oh, don't be mean to malls, but it's like... if. <laughs> It's like, if this is a remaster, then, like, come on, give me the old level. Like, back when I would have wanted to skate through a mall and grind an escalator rail. Maybe that could have yeah. been an unlockable, like, see the mall in its glory days. <laughs> well, because wasn't part of the jo- part of the allure was, like, freaking out the normies, right? Yeah. Like, of skate culture in general. Yeah. yeah. So, to make it this abandoned place... Where you're no longer just, sucking it to capitalists, and it's it's <laughs> it's more beautiful than the games ever looked, and they made like one of the more interesting levels completely drab and brown, and yeah, it it's is, not it a huge drab. deal. Yeah. It's other than no, that, it's like completely point. the same. Yeah, it's it's not as pleasant to go downhill in the new mall level. I'll, I'll say that because yeah, it, again, it's very dark. Like even there, there's like an outdoor bit toward the end where you're going through like this open walkway to get to the parking lot. Yeah. And it's just, it's like, it's night out. There's no sun. It, all the lights yeah. are off. It's also one of my least favorite levels just because I don't like the downhill levels as much. So I, I try well, to just go back get in the mall. You can uh, by leaving the entrance. And there's like all these mm-hmm. flares on, on the, marking the track that kind of look like random open fires if you're not paying close attention to them. But anyway, yeah, it was, it was, a, it was weird. It was weird to revisit that mall level and find it completely reflective of... The realities of 2020. Yeah, or well, before 2020, malls yeah, were dying even before 2020. Before, well, so. you know, yeah. I was gonna say, do you reckon they'll patch it after <laughs> things get better, or is this a, now a new time capsule? It's a new time capsule. It, you know, in, in another 20 years, when they revisit this, it'll be like, what was a mall? 
We don't even know. That's right. true. <laughs> what and was then the school? They'll, they'll remaster the game again, and it'll just be like a barren wasteland. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> it'll, it'll be an American wasteland. <laughs> right, right. Ah, that, that too has already been done. American wasteland <laughs> will be the remastered game. Oh, God. Because <laughs> yeah. nostalgia. Anyway, speaking of nostalgia and things getting bad years before. Number three. There's no gag noise there. It's just the tinny music that plays on a loop in which game? Night in the Woods. Yeah, Night in the Woods oh. at the Fort Lucene Mall. where Yes, for, or, or Lucene. I can't Because when she gets yeah. there, she goes, Lucene, and then she stretches the E out, which led me to believe it was Lucene. Oh, yeah. Who knows? Yeah. She, she goes with B. You're probably right. Friend B. Fort yeah. Lucene Mall, which is... A sad dead mall. Night in the Woods being about a college girl named May who returns home to her economically depressed Rust Belt town after flunking out of college and tries to reconnect with all of her high school friends. And one of the ways you can do this is by going on little hangout play dates with them, basically. Yeah. And so she goes with her friend B to the mall and uh, she gets there and it's like, what? What happened in this place? Where's where's this store? Where's this store? It's like internet happened. Internet happened. Yeah, the internet. The internet. <laughs> internet. Yeah, B's like literally. I'm just gonna make a sign that says the internet and hold it up for the rest of this trip because yeah. that's literally explained. Although the stuff that's still there, the reason I, I I nominated this, I told Mike, I'm like, this is the most realistic because like the stores that are still there for some reason, there's a dollar store. Like uh-huh. dollar stores yeah. are thriving Unkillable. in malls. It's it's kind of like uh, spirit <laughs> Halloween stores. And then um, they go into basically there. It's an equivalent of like a, a hot topic. Yeah, you it's know? called you revolution, <laughs> or is it your revolution? Yeah. You can't tell. I, I it's, think it's they, a dialogue choice. If you're you're talking to the clerk, they actually say like, <laughs> "Do you know what they made us put on the checks?" Or what they put on the checks? It's like you revolution radical youth and it's like u-t-h in quotes culture uprising inc <laughs> <laughs> it's so bad and you go in there to shoplift which yes. i love it because you're, you're trying to kind of relive your teenage glory years and, and like many things in night in the woods you quickly discover like you can never go back to those yeah. times but I mean, you can, you can, you can still new shoplift fun. pretty easily Hear the, the the belt buckle clanking as you you gingerly yeah. try to put it in your pocket, and the I love the mini game for that because it, it really is just like, look, human our, our our eyes are trained to recognize movement like a dinosaur's, yeah. so the clerk <laughs> will just like turn their eyes in like a circle around the store, and whenever they're pointed at you, you freeze even if you're in the middle of putting this belt buckle into your pocket, and yep. so long as you do that, you won't get caught. Yep. And, yeah, and and, and it works. Yeah. And then you encourage B to steal something who's so not down, mm-hmm. and she eventually does and yeah. feels all kinds of guilt about it. And meanwhile, the clerk is just like, I, you could tell they could give a shit. They're like, yeah. whatever. Like, <laughs> and, work and, at a you, you revolution inside a dead mall. What do you want <laughs> yeah. from me? <laughs> and, you, you know, you give up, end up giving me uh, the stolen items back at the end anyway. But, yes. Uh, but yes. the highlight of this is, you know, after going around and looking at all these closed stores and trying to reminisce about the past... It, like, May has this weird revelatory thing about her childhood that it's like, I, she's probably not the only one. Like, going into the atrium of the mall, looking up at this big glass ceiling, that, like, when she was a kid, she assumed that that was where God lived. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. up on these catwalks way above it. And so you can you can go up there, 
and uh, jump around on this this horrible hanging art exhibit that looks like big transparent asteroids. Which is totally a thing for malls, too. Like, oh, another yeah. thing that's just like, why is that there? Malls and airports, why are you just exactly. putting random art installations yeah. there? Please just stop. Shitty public art. Yeah. And and then you can find a control panel that lets you operate the mysterious fish fountain way down below. Just spray it at passersby who were suddenly there when they weren't a, a minute ago. Yeah. I know it, it's the world's most active dead mall. It's yeah. just like, wait, where are all these crowds coming from? Mm-hmm. But but the I love that the story of the fish fountain, the town had this like festival where once a year people would go and crowd around the fountain and they would willfully let the fountain spray them with water because it was some weird mm-hmm. local festival. It was which like is, a summer thing. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. But but you find the secret controls up where God lives. Mm-hmm. In, in effect, May becomes mm-hmm. the god of that mall. Yes. <laughs> That's why the chapter is called The Old Gods of the Fort Lucene Mall. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's 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 fun because it's like they, you're seeing nothing but burnt out stores. Of course, there's still like the occasional food court location mm-hmm. open. And it's, it's just very – it's very true to life because it's like about every fourth store is still open in the mall. But it's like a random business that – yeah. would not have been able to be in the mall like just 10 to 20 years and ago. I love that like the the equivalent of the same goodie is still open but they go in there and it's like there's no one at the counter. There's like right? five things on the shelves. <laughs> it's abandoned like there's literally no one working in it. I loved it. Dude. I yeah, like, but the yeah, lights are on there's still stuff out there. there. <laughs> yeah. That's the one they dude. don't shoplift from I guess cuz it's too easy. Cuz no one has a CD player to play any of those things. Mm-hmm. It's just that like, too. Uh... Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I feel like Auntie Anne's and Mrs. Fields will survive as long as malls do. Have you ever been to a mall that didn't have both? Oh, I, man. Is that, like a, is that a regional is, thing? Is no, no. Like the, the, the mall, to me, company, smells or? like Auntie Anne's. It's the only place you can get a fresh-baked pretzel that I've ever seen. Well, but then they get it confused because Auntie Anne's has, like, the cinnamon pretzels now. And it's like, well, oh, wait, yeah. wait. Are you trying to encroach upon <laughs> Mrs. Fields' cookie game? Because this or is a fucking I, fight. <laughs> did I wander into Cinnabon? Right. What happened? I want, I, yeah, I want to. I want to be there when this all goes down. When Auntie Anne and Mrs. <laughs> Field fucking trade, you know, exchange blows. I want to be there. It's just fencing with rolling pins. Yeah, dude. Yeah, They're the ones that they use at Cinnabon to make the delicious cinnamon rolls. <laughs> yeah, that was probably the the most realistic and almost painful look at a dead mall in a video game. Yeah. But uh, if you want to talk about painful dead malls, number two. Hey. Remember the first time I brought you here? What are we doing here, Riley? I have a surprise for you. What? Is it a dinosaur? Maybe. I'll be your friend again if it's a dinosaur. He'll just have to wait and see. Oh, that kind of pays off in the sequel. What game is this? <laughs> when this they all is... get eaten by a dino. <laughs> <laughs> this is a DLC, not a game, Michael. Mm-hmm. Or I guess it's a standalone. It's uh, The Last of Us Left Behind. Yes, Left Behind, which... Happens in like a, a quote unquote lost chapter in in Last of Us. Mild spoilers uh, after Joel sustains a seemingly mortal injury, and it, th- this happens between that happening and when the game picks up sometime later. This is set in two dead malls, actually. The first is Ellie in the quote unquote present trying to drag Joel to safety and go through this heavily looted, heavily abandoned dead mall looking for anything that might help save his life. And as she's going through here, she keeps flashing back to a few months 
previous when she and her friend Riley went off to a dead mall to hang out together and uh, take in the abandoned sites. Well, you see anything? Riley? <laughs> you dick! That's two times today! <laughs> How the hell did we never find this place? Come on, I got the perfect mask for you. One, one consistent detail that I like about The Last of Us is that society collapsed just before Halloween. So, like, every retail space you go into still has, like, a bunch of Halloween shit out. Yeah, and the, and the masks you see in this scene are mm-hmm. in two. Like, there is a little store in two you can duck into and oh, see wow. some Halloween stuff. And I was like, dude, yeah. that's it's awesome. Because I just, I played Left Behind to kind of get warmed up right before two's release. And I, it was so nice to see that continuity. Yeah. And then, but Ellie's just like, yeah, I kind of lost my taste for this. <laughs> yes, yes. And I and I got the reference and I'm like, oh, yeah, I, oh, I can see why. Yeah. But oh, but yeah. that that scene right. is them sneaking into a Halloween store and uh, Riley surprising Ellie with like a scary clown mask. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes, yeah. I yeah. mean there's the beauty of like you said Michael is it's basically two malls it takes place in. Um one where she's like, "Here Joel, wait here. Let me go find some stuff for you." Uh and then this the, the flashback mall and I mean, both locations have some really cool aspects to them. Like at one point, I think it's in the quote unquote present day mall. That's the one like a helicopter has crashed through the roof and you have to like climb in there to get something for Joel, right? Mm -hmm. And then there, but like in the flashbacks one, they, it's almost like, uh, like a, like a kid's fantasy of like, oh, I want to be trapped in the mall after hours and stuff. Like they visit the Halloween store. They visit a video arcade. Yeah. They might have sounds. Oh, I do have sounds. Yeah. Don't they play like a Mortal Kombat? Yeah, they play, they play The Turning, starring Angel Knives. He grabs you, snaps, punch, break free. Hit up, block, and kick for Blake. Block him. You got it. Down, forward, punch for a special move. But that that's kind of one of the best sequences. Like, I, th- I think that's the centerpiece sequence in this DLC. This arcade machine is busted, so uh, Riley's just like, here, close your eyes and pretend right. to play, and I'll narrate the action and tell you what to do. To be honest, though, what I didn't... It, it took away some of the impact of that moment in 2, where Ellie is having kind of her mind space of the astronaut moment. Mm-hmm. I'm like, well, wait, they did this trick in Left Behind with the arcade game of like Ellie imagining something. Oh, may- maybe some people didn't see it. Yeah, maybe, maybe. Yeah, but yeah, it, it, it was a trick that but... they'd done in Left Behind. And yeah. it was so cool because basically none of the arcade machines work because, hello, apocalypse. Yeah. Um, Look, Ellie has a very active imagination, okay? <laughs> yes, yes, I, th- but, I guess. But there was but, one but, thing that did work. yes. Wait, won't the soldiers spot the mall being all lit up? Nah, the exterior lights don't work. How do you know? This firefly, Melanie, told me all about it. This looks fancy. Wanna try it? Yeah! You ready for this? (laughs) What are we doing? Whoa, 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 whoa! (laughs) Riley, come here! (laughs) Now you got this, go! (laughs) What the heck? This is awesome! It's a carousel. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> which maybe they bought from the fort lucene mall because that yeah. apparently they got sold in night in the woods that's so. right yeah that's is like what happened to the carousel <laughs> um probably sold it but that's like that was the sign of the nice malls when i grew up i was like oh we're going to the nice mall mm. with the carousel and then like yeah <laughs> the lower tier mall would have like well they got that train that just drives around the mall that you can pay like that drives right. in circles it's not quite 
Not a carousel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just some dude in a go-kart, basically. Yeah, they, they've got – well, mine, mine didn't even have those. Mine just had like the Yeah, little, we didn't have any rides. The little train ride that you put a quarter into and it jumps around for a bit and then yeah, you Yeah, or like you hump the back of Huckle, Huckleberry Hound or some shit. Yes, like that. yes, exactly. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Fuck his head. <laughs> they also played um, – Again, it's like this kid fantasy. Yeah. Uh, and, and I think that's one of the points of this DLC is to really show like, no, Ellie, it, it's to show Ellie getting to be a kid before. I mean, she's she's in the middle of the apocalypse, but um, they have a like a squirt gun battle, right? Yep. Like a hide and seek squirt gun battle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think it's at that point where things get really bad. Uh, yes. <laughs> because it's like, oh, yeah, all the infected that we were ignoring suddenly descend on this place. And uh it's not a good scene. It's not a good scene. Meanwhile, in the present, Ellie has to fight off a bunch of uh, raiders who are trying to get into the locked space where she has stashed Joel. So she needs to off them first. But yeah, it was, it was a great little diversion, I guess. A, a great standalone chapter uh, set into convincingly decrepit retail spaces. Mm-hmm. But if you want to talk dead malls, none of them are quite as flashy or quite as dead as... It says all these people were lined up for the big Black Friday sale. Guess they got more than they bargained for. Soldiers didn't do this. And the zombies definitely didn't do this. So what the hell is going on here? Uh, he's covered wars, you know. What is this? <laughs> Dead Rising 4. Yes, Dead Rising 4. And I think, yeah, the original Dead Rising really set the template for being let loose in a dead mall. But this mm-hmm. one's holiday themed. So I wanted to get something Christmassy in here. And boy... Is this ever fucking Christmassy? The Will- Willamette Memorial Megaplex is a brand new mall built in 2021 <laughs> on the same space as the original Willamette Mall, which was infested with zombies in the first Dead Rising. And I don't know who built this or why, but apparently they had enough money to pay thousands of people to dress up as Santa's elves because I'm constantly mowing through huge crowds of them. (laughs) Unbelievable. This place is crawling. Weren't these people vaccinated? Yes, they were. Required by law. Nationwide. Doesn't make sense. That's an interesting wrinkle in that, like, in the canon of Dead Rising, by the time Dead Rising 4 rolls around like there an effective zombie vaccine has been developed and zombism has been eradicated except somebody's trying to study it to bring back a resistant strain what could be going on but i think for my money this is the best dead rising game because it oh, gets yeah. it gets rid of all those shitty timers that made the earlier well, games inaccessible yeah, i guess it depends what kind of dead rising fan you are but yeah. it is like it's a full they've come full circle but changed the fundamentals right mm-hmm. so it's it's kind of a like a nice bookend to the series now that uh, Capcom Vancouver is defunct because it's you know you're returning to the setting and the protagonist of the first game more or less yeah mm-hmm. but like the first game was like a Jap- a very Japanese game disguised as a Western game mm-hmm. and this is like compl- they've been gradually inching toward this all along ever since it switched hands to Vancouver. But this is like the full transition to a very Western game where they're like, uh, what if the game was fun? You know? <laughs> like, <laughs> no. Like, what What if the central feeling of the game was having fun instead of constant pressure? Yeah. What uh, if you... Some, you know, some people really missed that aspect mm. of the original game. But it's like, well, they did that 
two and a half times with Dead Rising one, two, and that two three, DLC. Three. Yeah. Well, there was off the so three and a half times because off the record also did it, but then three had a separate mode, the nightmare mode. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, because three was three was just open ended, and I remember kind of being bored with three. And I like for four, one of the ways they made it more fun was they subscribed to the Joe Dante school of pop culture entertainment, which is if you want to make something more interesting, inherently more interesting, set it during Christmas. Like that's literally a thing. Oh, it works. Yeah. Like even I slept on this game having worked in the past on this series. Uh, But because it's a Christmas game every year around this time, I think about it. And this year was the year I finally was like, yeah, give it a shot. And I ended up having a blast. Like, this is one of the most fun games I've played all year. I might have to pick it up. I'm I'm imagining it's on sale. No. One of these just got added to Game Pass, right? No, it it just got removed from Game Pass. Yeah. It's been a a blight on my existence. And yes, I did request a code, and there are not any. What? (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I'll, uh, whatever, but but more more than that, it's like uh, it was on Game Pass forever. My girl loves this game, and she got me into doing it too. She doesn't. I play the story, and then she just fucks off for like three hours because like it, the technology behind it is impressive. You can kill. Yeah. Like, did I just hit like a five hundred combo? Did five hundred things <laughs> loaded in front of me? <laughs> Holy shit! It's it, it's huge, and she just like slaughters, like makes shit and slaughters, like doesn't do any of the missions. And um, yeah, it came out. It went off Game Pass. I'm like, ah, oh, I guess I'll buy it. Fifty dollars. It was the it was the new Game Pass conundrum. How much do you, will you pay for a game you've already played and have a cloud save of? And it was just like it felt weird to be like, but I feel like I already paid for this, even though I technically didn't. Fifty dollars. <laughs> I went back and tried. <laughs> to... I, I think it probably goes on sale frequently. Yeah, uh, not at Christmas. I checked, and it's like not at any any physical stores. I could probably order something off Amazon. Yeah, but I'm trying like not to. twenty bucks. I went back and tried to get back into it as research for this, and uh, my save, which I don't think I'd touched since probably 2016, was uh, had like 50 hours on it. And so I like started, and it's like, all right, I'm in the middle of this chapter. I'm surrounded by these people who are strategizing about something. I'm wearing a construction worker's uniform and short shorts <laughs> and uh, wielding a, some sort of sledgehammer with grenades taped to it. I have no idea what's going on. So I restarted in the Capcom Heroes mode, which is oh, yeah. fantastic, and instead of crafting weapons and stuff, what what it does is it uh, seeds the game with arcade machines where you can put on different unlockable costumes to dress up as different Capcom characters. So Dante from Devil May Cry is the, the obvious best one, because mm-hmm. you get the, wow. the sword and the guns. But you can also dress up as, like, Cammy from Street Fighter, Mega Man, <laughs> uh, Ryu with the beard... Uh, it, it just oh oh what, wait what what, oh, what what I found it I found the secret Chris you're gonna be so happy with me what up although you won't be able to play it currently you can buy the best version of this game Frank's big package that's awful <laughs> for ten dollars <laughs> on Steam eighty percent off for the holiday I'm doing it baby Damn. I'm getting it yeah, what does that bring it down to it's it's nine dollars ninety three cents for the yeah. whole thing seven fifty the, for the game there's like a whole wave of Capcom games from the 2010s that are great bargain bin games that and like lost planet three and remember me totally worth it for less than ten dollars mm. <laughs> and how would we know this because you've been streaming them where Greg? yeah I've been, yeah I've been streaming all these games on Lack have of you Lair really I didn't know yeah, I'm sorry I've been streaming Dead Rising four as recently as tonight okay and uh, it's a great Christmas game. Here's the thing: is I think a lot of people felt kind of duped when they bought the first Dead Rising, 
Mm. Mm-hmm. And they thought this was just going to be like a dick around in the mall and like kill endless zombies kind of game. And they weren't really down for the for the time limit thing. That just wasn't what they wanted. Some people didn't realize that was what they wanted and when that was what the game delivered they were like oh this is cool too mm-hmm. but some people were like yeah fuck this uh dr4 is the game that those people wanted i think yeah 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 absolutely i, I, I want to live my own dawn of the, the dead the pressure's that. off it's goofier than ever there's all kinds of crazy weapons you can make and you actually get to explore not just the mall but like a big chunk of this town in colorado which is gorgeously rendered yes mm-hmm. and um the uh the photography thing is back except mm-hmm. now you can actually do something with the photos because we have social media and i like the the mall itself even though it feels a bit smaller than the original one has all these weird themed areas like the Amazon food court and Caribbean right. Cove, where you they <laughs> have like area. they have uh, pirate shows every yar on the yar, and uh, <laughs> it's it's just like the the dumbest, most capitalistic bullshit. Like our Captain Black Friday beard sails in search of deals. Uh, oh, look at the the great deals you can get from the stores in this very mall, and, and it's just yeah, it, it just. <laughs> plays this pre-recorded bullshit and then like they get attacked by uh the christmas kraken which is just like a projection and it's like oh it only eats gifts where can we find some (laughs) yeah it's it's real bad but uh i love this mall because it died in one day can we get a room separate beds though oh you're hilarious you know technically speaking you'd be our first guest what do you mean are you guys from out of town or something all this shit started on Black Friday, which, not coincidentally, was the day after the grand opening sale. You're saying this mall wasn't even open one day before it got destroyed by zombies? Yeah. Uh, also, the mall has a hotel for some reason. That's never really explained. Sure. Yeah. That's a new thing. Is it? Is it really? Malls with I, hotels? No, I don't know. I feel our, like that... our, one of our malls was being revitalized with apartments attached to it. So surely people would want to live above this thing like, I don't know what the fuck you're thinking of. <laughs> if, if the but mall seen... is the best thing in your town, it makes sense. Yeah. 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 Well, they were they, they built a concert venue because that's how they were trying to make it survive. Now that you mention it, it's like the Irvine Spectrum, yeah, it's very much like they build apartments around there because it's like you're going to work and live and play within five miles of each other. All More likely right it'll be purchased by lobbyists and they'll... Mm. Almost never used. Or it'll be like Righteous Gemstones, where like they buy a Sears and turn it into a quote-unquote church. The real deal. Mm-hmm. I fucking love that movie. Goddamn. It's quite an impressive mall, and uh, it's full of weird Capcom shit that you can try on and uh, destroy zombies with. The game's great, and I didn't play it till last year, and I'm ashamed. Again, if you're looking for something uh, holiday-themed, oh man, this is so holiday-themed. Just getting to wander through the the enormous crowds of mall workers dressed as Santa's elves yeah. just sort of cluster around that pirate ship. Is, it, has, uh, it has Christmas weapons. Yes. That's and, right, and, yeah. There's like an ornament gun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You can pick up a Christmas tree if you've got like the exo power suit. It is, it is literally the best game set at Christmas since Christmas nights. And, right. <laughs> and, mm. and it even has like a lot, like not a lot of standard Christmas music, but 
variations on Christmas. Yeah, every time you pause the game, it, it kicks into some yeah. like Christmas jazz. Yeah, yeah it's <laughs> like, really weird. Like, it's great, and you can go through the whole game wearing an ugly Christmas sweater or a Santa suit. Absolutely, I love it. Which is I, what I, I bought it. I just bought it. I'm going to stream it. All right, awesome. Uh, well, anyway, that has been our top five dead malls. Hope you enjoyed it as much as we enjoyed talking about it. We're going to take a little break, and when we come back, we're going to do our final new releases and news segments of the year before moving Ooh. on to question of the week. So stay tuned. In the night, I want to see you standing there. In the night, I found someone who really cares. Let's get scratching. Hello, fellow nerf herders. Did you not like Last Jedi, Rise of the Skywalker, or would you just prefer a majority of Star Wars fans take a slow walk into a volcano? What I'm saying is, are you sick of Star Wars? Well, I thought I was, but my co-hosts Jeremy and Adam beg to differ. Except when they don't. Get ready for a whole lot of love, a whole lot of hate, and a whole lot of geeky therapy in our new series, Sick of Star Wars, with a big giant question mark, exclusively available at patreon.com slash laser time. Here's a little taste. My uncle. But the Boba Fett's story being introduced and hyped for two years. That's something the first Star Wars didn't really have. They had a trailer, but no one like was expecting anything from Luke Skywalker. When you announce a character like that, that looks cool as hell, and yeah. then he's in a movie and doesn't do that much. And then he's in another movie and does somehow even worse. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> right. His, his course... But he looked great doing it. He did. He looked great doing it. In another episode of the story I wanted to get into was... Um, Boba Fett was, for all intents and purposes, set up to be the, the next bad following Darth Vader. And George Lucas just says, man, I don't feel like doing any more movies. And just really cruelly murdered him <laughs> in front of all literally of us. Literally threw him away. Yeah, threw, yeah. literally threw him away. A throwaway, yeah. <laughs> My funky. Oh, that's Sick of Star Wars, available exclusively at patreon.com slash lasertime, along with weekly bonus shows, over 100 movie commentaries, exclusive bonus podcasts, and more for just five bucks. And that's in addition to the brand new show, Sick of Star Wars, an angst-ridden podcast saga told in nine parts. Listen long and prosper. This is so wizarding. And welcome back to our final segment of 2020, where we'll not have anxiety over the year ending or what's to come with our Game of the Year show, and just hit this button instead. No, wait, there are really new releases. There are games coming out that in just one week will become last year's games. Yes. <laughs> yeah, well, there's only a few so, that came out. We have an older game on this list. Why don't yeah, we start slightly, with that one first? Slightly, so uh, Medal of Honor Above and Beyond is the uh, virtual reality Medal of Honor developed by Respawn Games. Um, I didn't get very far in this because uh, I haven't really played it much since last week. But the beginning of the game is a very, very long tutorial where it, it's sometime before the game starts, you've you've been wounded in combat and uh, you you spend the early parts of the game in, in a hospital bed while a doctor talks to you and says, like, all right, before we go out, uh, would, do you want to enable what our medical experts call camera shake when you shoot your gun? And, like, 
Yeah, what? sure. Give, give me a thumbs up if yes. Oh, and that's the other thing. Like because of your oh, wound, God. you can't talk anymore. So uh, <laughs> you just give everybody a thumbs up or a thumbs down if if you that want. That was we loved confirming things like that on Connect. That's got to work real good. Yeah, and I'm, <sighs> I'm I found out I'm really bad at throwing grenades. I'm not sure what I'm doing wrong, but like you know, going to the grenade training part of the the obstacle course that you start the game with the tutorial. And, like, every time I pull the pin and throw a grenade, it just goes over my shoulder or sticks to my chest. <laughs> like, nice. All right, I'm clearly nice. not throwing this far enough. Just uh, like Michael throwing things in real life. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, so this it felt a little bit like something like Half-Life Alex or uh, Walking Dead Saints and Sinners in that, like, there's a lot of attention paid to like uh, push push this button to eject your clip and now reach down to your hip and pull up a new clip and pop it back into the gun and, and like just the tactile feel of uh, holding guns and shooting them even though like you can totally just shoot an M1 Garand one-handed you don't have to do it two-handed if you don't want to. I, I was gonna ask like because I feel like you were telling me like Half-Life Alex was like it, it was a revelation mm. when it came to that stuff. Yeah. How is this game at, does it even hold a candle to what Alex was doing with all that tactile stuff? Um, it, it, it comes close, but I, I don't think it's, it's quite the same. It's quite as fine tuned. It's still a pretty mm. good experience, but, cool. uh, but yeah, it's, it's also a bit more linear based on what I've played. Like, whereas half-life Alex is a half-life game. It's a, like a big interconnected world. And mm -hmm. yeah, Anyway. All right. All right. Uh, the other new release, and this is a long time coming, uh, Super Meat Boy Forever came Almost out. Almost 10 week. years to the day. Well, in, in addition to that, like, I think it was originally supposed to come out like in 2019, or maybe it was the beginning yep. of this year, and they, they delayed it. Um, and yeah, little little stealth release right before Christmas. Here's the thing, gents. I, I played this a bit. It's, it's an endless runner. It's yeah, a, it, huh. it began life as a mobile title. And, you think? Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, it, I mean, that's how long it's been in development. Because like, Super Meat Boy was like one of the first big indie darlings. And it was put yeah. on every single system in the universe. And uh, I think you know, I think the creators had a bit of a breakup. And uh, they kept on going. The Binding of Isaac fellow, forget his name. Um, oh, sure. Okay. And, yeah, it, I wasn't as frustrated with it as you were, Matt. But, like... Mostly with the Endless Runner format, yes. I, yeah, I wasn't frustrated in the game as much as I was just like, I was expecting another Super Meat Boy. Like, mm -hmm. you know, it's still, it's a, I mean, like you were saying, that this game defined what is known now known as a platformer. I think mm -hmm. in large part to the noises that it makes when you die in Super Meat Boy. But um, yeah, to, the Endless Runner thing is just like, if you've played those Rayman mobile games, like that's what this is. Like, yes, it requires some quick action and thinking and planning ahead and stuff to make sure you don't die and it's and it's that like through a meat boy lens but it's not the same super meat boy you're probably expecting i yeah. I, I i i think i eventually found a rhythm with it because I, I did find it frustrating because it's not like an endless runner or rayman in that it is balls hard, like crazy hard at certain points but then yeah once you recognize, like, no, dying is part is literally part of the process. That's why the saves are so so numerous and plentiful. Yes, uh, the checkpoints are very close together. It's awesome. There were just so many things like, what the fuck? How is anybody supposed to do that? And, like, literally 30 seconds later, I have MacGyvered this whole fucking thing. And that's a really... 
it's a really good feeling, and it's how I remember yeah. loving about Super Meat Boy to begin with. But the only the thing I really hate about it being an endless runner is you run automatically in one direction, but because it's an endless runner, you can't. If you run backwards into the end of the screen, you're just dead. You die. Yeah, that that, that I hate that. Like, why? If there was a wall there, I just turn back around. I can't control where you put the screen, asshole. <laughs> yeah, and I think it's meant to play into the puzzles, but it, it is frustrating because, like you said, Chris, you want you so want to just jump off that wall, like every wall. Yeah, it's like, oh, I missed this by an inch. Can I go? Let me turn around and do it again. Oh, you just can't. You just have to die. But I had a few moments in like like it sounds like what you're talking about like during the first world, not not the first map, but like you know there's several maps in that first world of like I kind of got stuck for like a good minute and then was like oh and then you, it kind of clicks like this is what they're wanting me to do and then it might take you two or three more tries to actually do what you're supposed to do you know because it's still balls hard. But, I was uh, I was genuinely shocked how how much was thrown at you in the first two level uh, in the second level like this yeah. is this is crazy, yep. but then it, it's. You figure it out very fast, and it's this huge feeling of accomplishment. And, of course, if you watch the replay, you'll see 90 of your own death. Mm -hmm. But uh, Oh, and the boss battles. Boss battles are crazy and really fun and a little frustrating in that it's like the regular part of the game. And if you get hit once, you you start over with the boss with full health. But it it is interesting and a new concept to the game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know that was one of the big additions. So how did how do those actually play? Are they more just like platforms to figure out, like, oh, I have to go hit this? Yeah, part the, the of first. The boss. I only got to the first boss, but he's a moving boss that moves up, and you have to jump in between him while avoiding parts of his body and and specifically attacking other parts of his body. And the, the attack is like a huge new thing for Super Meat Boy and a great way to chain stuff. Uh, Greg mm. Greggy knows I'm a fan of uh, Dust Force, and oh yeah, you know, I like mm. my, my dead cells, and it, it it gave me a lot of those vibes. So. Especially with the midair stuff, uh, it felt very dust forcey to me. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I just couldn't personally. I could not escape the mobile game vibes. I would recommend mm-hmm. though, if you are going to try this out, it's normally twenty dollars. Epic has that deal right now where you can get a reusable ten dollar coupon, so you can get it for as low as ten dollars on PC if you want. If you want to try it, you know, so you're only out ten bucks. Well. They should have named this game "Pretty Good Meat Boy." <laughs> Adequate Meat Boy, Super Meat Boy for maybe. I mean, the, the people who are it's it's getting decent review scores. So like, if it's if in Meat Boy's kind of, in my opinion, sort of created whatever genre you want to call it. So yeah. if people who are fans of that and they may not necessarily be all of us, um, I would consider myself one of these fans, and I had a I had a good time with it. It's it'd, it'd be difficult to see me fi- playing a lot more of this than every other game that came out at the end of the year, but we'll see. Yep. Yeah, no, I think I think this is this is like uh, if you like Meat Boy and then you also like those platformer endless runners, it's 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 a really good one of those. I just happen I'm not a huge fan of the endless runner format. So there you go. Hmm. Just to throw in one more, this was a big deal to me and to a certain type of gamer I want to think it probably is. Virgil for Devil May Cry five dropped this past week. Uh oh, sweet. new playable new playable character, five oh. bucks. You used to have to buy a whole new special edition to play him. Okay. Uh, and he's phenomenal. I never thought of myself as that much of a Virgil guy because I like the sword and guns thing. Mm-hmm. He doesn't have guns. But I was having a blast. I, I spent all of Sunday playing it, like basically from the time I woke up till like midnight or something. I was just playing it all day. Super fun. How, how does he differ from the other, I guess, three heroes in five? He's like your archetypal like katana master he's got he does that style of fighting where he, he always has a sword in the scabbard and only uh, and only draws it 
to do the one slash and then puts you know Iaido. Oh, yeah. there's, there's a name for that fighting style. Yeah, Iaido is the name, and it's mm. it's uh, it's that combined with like demonic power. So he can do that and like split space and time by doing that, Neat. and he can teleport around. Um, so he's like super fast, but he doesn't have the gun thing. And Dante's like got this jack of all trades style where he's got like a bajillion different tools. And Nero has the hand that he uses to grab enemies and bring them closer. Uh, but Virgil's more about like zipping all over the stage with his teleporting and just having lots of fast attacks. And he has a concentration meter, which is, uh, it rewards you for, um, just like fighting carefully and not whiffing attacks and not getting hit. Hmm. And when that builds up, you get access to like significantly more powerful moves until you, you can, you get to a point where you can do what are basically the equivalent of like street fighter style super moves hmm. that are just like screen clearing bonkers, you know, multi-seconds long, uh, and raise your style rank really high. And when your style rank is, is all the way up to triple S, if you do a taunt, uh, you can like kill a guy by taunting them. Like you'll like spin a sword Ooh. around your finger, and it'll like hit the guy. There you go. Oh, and can I get and a little a little tiny shout out for me? Um, uh, Aimbot Master sent me um, a great gift, uh, so I want to thank him on the air. So thank you, Caleb. That was really sweet of you. Are you going to tell us what it was? <laughs> yeah, sorry. I sent me a Slaughterhouse Five, the graphic novel. Which is nice. um, perfect. Kurt Vonnegut. One of my favorite authors and uh, a book I never even knew existed. Wow. That's awesome. Well, I want to get to the news segment. News. News. Matt, take it away. Well, it is the end of the year, and as has become kind of, I guess, a recent tradition, Nintendo released their uh, year-in-review stats, which you can go to by, uh, if you go to switch.nintendo.com slash year-in-review, and you can Mm. check your own. Uh, I checked my own, and I was actually, frankly, shocked by how many hours I'd put in. I kind of wanted to do a quick... Go around the room uh, yeah. comparison. Sure. Yeah. So I am core gamer Matthew Allen, oh. according to Nintendo, which I thought was a term we didn't let outside of marketing boardrooms. But okay, <laughs> cool. <laughs> Where do you think they came up with this web page? Bravo, Gregory. It's funny. Lacquerware, everyone. Twitch. It's funny because it's true. <laughs> Who else is a core gamer with me? Yo, um, I'm not. I'm s- kind of surprised because I couldn't. I didn't think that I had played that much Switch, but I guess uh, mm. somehow I put 57 hours in this year. <laughs> I think that the core gamer thing isn't necessarily defined by time as much as the variety and t- types yeah. of, of game genres you're playing. Yeah, right. it gave me. I I didn't know what to expect. I thought I would get core gamer as well. It says, "What kind of player are you?" I am a Nintendo fan. Okay, That's so true. I've only That's played right. first party titles. Well, you've been talking about Mario no. so much. Like, the, somehow I miss every Mario game, even though I always want to play them. And I feel like mm-hmm. I'm constantly hearing you like talk about Mario games in a way that I don't hear you talk about any other game, Chris. They're, they're the, the best kind of games. Except Tony Hawk. 
<laughs> uh, Michael, you had an interesting description. Yeah, I, I got Getaway Traveler, which I think is because huh? I mostly played Animal Crossing on Switch this year, and I'm pretty sure this entry was written by Tom Nook because it says, you like to realize the potential of a deserted island. Yes, yes. Uh, oh, yeah. That yeah. is a Tom Nook. Oh, yeah. Yes, and it, sure. that's oh. 131 hours. I'm going to guess well over 100 of those was spent in Animal Crossing because my most played games was that. Uh, Hyrule Warriors Age of Calamity, which I'm pretty sure I didn't play for more than like four or five hours at most. Uh, <laughs> Xenoblade Chronicles Definitive Edition, and of course, Deadly Premonition Origins and Deadly Premonition 2. Uh, Those all seem like core gamer games to me. Yeah, you'd think Except so. Except for Animal Crossing. Maybe it's just because like two of them are about these big open vistas, especially yeah. Xenoblade. Or did you play in Dr. Handheld mode? Mm, I was wondering Most about that. Do they track that? But you have, but know. ironically, you have been traveling. I, assume. Well, I, I do know they track <laughs> that. I've seen a PowerPoint slide that they they there was some meeting. It got leaked to the internet of like showing a percentage of time people spend in handheld versus just TV versus those who play in both, and it's uh it's substantial with the handheld. You're talking about hours, Michael. I clocked literally. Double plus one hours, the number of hours from 2019. I did 215, 2020, 431 hours Damn. on my Nintendo Switch. Yeah, I was a little stoked. And what were your, your games, man? Uh, my top games were Animal Crossing, Fire Emblem Three Houses, Ring Fit Adventure, uh, Final Fantasy Nine, and Dead Cells. I applaud your commitment hmm. to Ring Fit Adventure because <laughs> I kept being like, I'm going back to Beat Saber. This fitness game is really hard. It is really hard. <laughs> Damn, oh, this is kind of eerie. I didn't even notice this. I played 57 hours this year, 60 hours last year. Yeah, I, I'm, at, I'm at the weed number, 69 hours last year. Nice. And, um, and Blazing. I, was, I was shocked because they break it down by month, and I love that you can see you can clearly see what games came out. And I thought it was funny. In November, December, I played zero hours of Nintendo Switch. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, my top five were Pr- Paper Mario, Origami King, which I really didn't play that long. Dark Souls Remastered, Super mm. Mario 3D All-Stars, my most hated game of the year, Animal Crossing New Horizons, and number one, Hades. <laughs> Wait, what was number one? Hades. Oh, oh nice. 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 I can definitely see, so like January, I, I had a huge peak of hours, and I'm like, oh, that was me getting caught up on Fire Emblem Three Houses, realizing it should have been in our game of the year last year. And then March and April, is like, oh, there's Animal Crossing, March, April, and May, yep. and then, oh, okay, flattens out the rest of the and year. And okay. you can see exactly where 3D All-Stars and Hades came out, and I, I was at, I logged, thir- shocked, I, 305 hours I, <laughs> after 69 last year. Holy shit. <laughs> nice. Nice. And maybe that explains how I picked my game of the year. Hmm, what is the be. missions thing? It says I only completed one Mario mission. I don't know. Um, no, I don't have that. Huh? Some arbitrary thing that they they set up. Oh, uh, well, wait. Oh, there's a there's like number of games starring Super Mario that you played. Yeah, I only mm. had two. I figured out that was Mario Party and probably Super Mario 35 this year. Oh, I purchased missions? the Super Mario 3D All-Stars game. That was one challenge. <laughs> wow, it's literally just... <laughs> and visit the official Super Mario website. You... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Your your mission, should you choose to accept it, is to be a blind consumer. <laughs> oh, wow, there's some web-based ones. I can complete these right now. Download your This Is My Mario image. No! <laughs> Try the Super Mario Music Player. Please tell me this is like a real player skin or maybe Winamp. Winamp. <laughs> <laughs> Whip the llama's ass. 
<laughs> I'm looking at my most played games, and yeah, this is like the co- most core ass gamer nerd list I could imagine. <laughs> Devil May Cry 3 Special Edition, Mega Man Zero ZX Legacy Collection, Blaster Master Zero 2, Contra yeah. Anniversary Collection, and Freedom Planet. Freedom Planet. I love Freedom Planet. That game is fucking amazing. No one prepared me for that. And frankly, it creeps me out. Did some of the people who worked on that work on uh, Sonic Mania? I I believe, yes. Yeah, that really was just like... Makes a lot of sense. Some fans did a better Sonic game than anyone on Sonic Team has in years. Uh I know that because... Slight plug, patreon.com slash laser time. That was the drunkest I've ever been on a show, and I remember struggling to get through it and, and struggling to edit it. And I just you just hear me apologizing a billion. That was one of the worst nights of my life that almost involved police. That's all what? I'll say. It was very, 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 very late, and I was drinking a little more than, more than usual because I was upset, and uh, it was like 2 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> Yeah, but nice. anyway, just saying. Well, just a little bit more Nintendo news here. Um, Jimmy. So they, they announced a lot of stuff about the park, uh, the upcoming hmm. the Super Mario World park thing. Uh, and I think they were doing um, – Shigeru Miyamoto has been doing press for it because he he did a rare interview. Um, he, he rarely does like sit-down formal interviews, but he did one with The New Yorker of all places. Um, it was actually a fascinating read. I don't know if you guys got a chance to I read the whole it. thing. Not um, the whole thing, but much of it. <laughs> But uh, some of the highlights that uh, people were picking out, um, he was talking about. So he has two kids and then a grandkid now, and they were like, "Well, how did you? How do you control video game consumption in your house?" And he goes, "That's easy. I, I own all the systems, and so whenever they need to get off, I just take my systems back." And I'm like, "Oh my god, it's the Matthew Allen model. That is exactly what I do." <laughs> like, I, I watched him in that video, and he mentioned that, and I, I just, oh my god. Shigeru Miyamoto, I don't know, he looks so young when I figured out, saw who he was and saw his pictures in magazines. But yeah, he's officially an old dude now. Mm-hmm. So am I. Yeah. And and uh, but he but his hair is gray, and I, I just that was like a shock to me. Uh, same everything else, but his hair is gray. Did wow. you see the clip where um, he was showing the the characters, like the mm-hmm. the actual in person characters for the theme park? And uh, these, by the way, the, the, the characters are awesome. Like Mario and Luigi, their eyes blink and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Like they're really good. I for... watched the whole thing. I loved it. But he called them. Um, he said he, he referred to himself as their dad. He's like, okay, dad's yeah. got to work now. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but he was talking about like his real life kids. Uh, they would like play Sega games, and everyone and the the interviewer was like, oh, did you did you not like they play the competitors? He's like, no, they they made me want to make better games. Like they motivated me. Um, but the the one of the, I think the coolest quotes in this and something I pulled out is he did this whole bit about like kind of how he wishes things he wishes games could do more of. Um, and it's just like the purest stuff ever. Uh, here's this quote. I wish we were all just a little more compassionate in these small ways. If there was a way to design the world that discouraged selfishness, that would be a change I would make. Um, so he's talking about like the example he gave is like in Japan, on the the trains and stuff, there's like the preferential seating for people like older mm-hmm. people or people with disabilities. Um, and how just like if there's no one there, some some kids will just sit in those seats. And he's like, yeah, but I, you know, 
I can imagine if you came on that train and you didn't visibly have a disability, you might be intimidated to ask if you could sit in that seat. So I would like it where people like just by default didn't take those seats just in case. And hmm. I'm like, damn, dude, homies like thinks of hmm. he's really thoughtful about people, think, you know? Think of this the the law in San Francisco, like if hey, you've seen an old person with disability, get the fuck up, get yeah. out of your seat. Yeah, but to his point, like sometimes they might be too shy or not able right. to ask. So just preemptively, like you should be thinking thoughtfully about other people. Or just like arthritic as hell and barely making it through life and hobbling onto the train. You can't see anything. But it just kind of shows you his his mindset and even like his approach to games. And he even talks about like they were giving – they were talking about various types of games and like he was talking about – he wants to resist this idea that it's okay to kill all the monsters in the game. And they'd given that famous example of like his note to the golden eye developers was mm-hmm. maybe at the end of the game, James Bond can go visit all the people he killed in the hospital. <laughs> <laughs> that might not be the example, the, the winning example, but <laughs> but I, I appreciate the spirit. But, of but it. he do, I mean, this is, he's insightful. Like he's a thoughtful yeah. guy. So he says, even monsters have a motive and a reason they're doing for what they are. And it's mm. something he wishes more games would do is kind of show things from multiple perspectives and sides to a situation. I'm like, God damn, like Miyamoto mm. is thoughtful as fuck, dude. Like, yeah. I have a feeling he yeah. would enjoy Undertale if he hasn't already played it, yeah. which I'm sure he has because yeah. it's on Nintendo I was going to say, systems. and as far as the selfishness thing, I feel like he maybe he's a Monster Hunter fan because I've never right. witnessed yep. uh, like a player base that's so helpful as yep. what I've yeah. witnessed in Monster Hunter cooperation is built in i I don't like more so than most other games i've played it's crazy and people get excited to teach like beginners yep Yep. it's like shit here's my potion take it and like like almost none of the games i play other than like played like the last couple years other than like PUBG, even have an ability to hand items to another player like seeing what that community was like side by side with what the devil may cry community was like oh like they're like the polar opposites Mm-hmm. And it comes out <laughs> in the player base. Uh, he also mm-hmm. talks a little bit about uh, trying to ensure that nothing he makes wastes the player's time, which yeah. resonated with me a lot because mm. I'm constantly railing or like railing against uh, the Dark Souls approach of punishing mm. you, yeah, with yeah. time wasting. Because to me, that's cl- pretty close to killing someone. Like piece by piece, you're taking their time for no reason. Mm-hmm. Sure, yeah. that's we all have the only the only the only real yeah. world currency I'm bringing into this video game. You're robbing me of. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and it's just not it's not quality time. And mm-hmm. he seems to be very concerned with making sure that if people are going to bother with the stuff he makes, it should be as much quality time as possible. And I think that's great. Do you see the stuff? I mean, we've all heard those stories about like him getting inspired by real life. Like Pikmin was inspired by his time in the yeah. garden and they go into a little bit of that, but he's phrased it differently in this interview than I'd ever heard him phrase it, which is like video games are unique in that they should be inspired by real life a lot of the time, but then you should be able to do stuff you can't do in real. It's like you add this fantasy element that you can't do in real life. And that's what makes it a video game, which I'm like, yeah, mm-hmm. that totally makes sense. Like, it, it was just really revealing into like the mind of Miyamoto, and it's like it explains a lot of the design choices he makes with his games. Like we've all tried to unclog a toilet before, but how many of us have tried going into the pipe? Right. Oh, yes. You see, <laughs> this is this is that kind of outside the <laughs> box thinking. Money down there. You, you could have worked for Nintendo. Right. Hey, it's a problem. You flush down all these gold coins. Oh, and the, since the is the only thing I remember him saying in his walk through the Universal Studios Japan attraction. You walk into Super Nintendo World through a warp pipe, and he's like, 
we had to think very carefully because we've never, ever shown the inside of one of these pipes before. Hmm. <laughs> what yeah. do we put in here? Um, and it turns out the answer was just like nothing. Leave it alone. Um, yeah, but it's for the first time you, you'll see what's in a warp pipe. I, I don't know of a game that's shown that before. Wow. Yeah. Interesting I point. thought about it. <laughs> You know, yeah. this. I thought the interviewer in this article came off really well, but there was one line that made me laugh where he goes, uh, Kyoto has been home to Nintendo's offices for more than 100 years. It has become a site of pilgrimage for some people. <laughs> like, Kyoto is literally a site of pilgrimage, religiously speaking, yes. for mm. centuries because of all the temples, not because Nintendo's office has been there for a while. <laughs> and the changing of the leaves. Well, that too. Yeah, but like a literal pilgrimage. But then they have that quote that like every book you've ever read that includes Nintendo is like, yeah, the offices don't look like much from the outside, or even the lobby feels very sterile. And I'm like, oh my god, I've literally read like three or four books about gaming that mm-hmm. mention that about the Nintendo offices. Yeah. Like, it's like Mad Magazine. Why aren't the? Where, why, where's Alfred E. Right. Newman? Where are the spies? There's the roller coaster. <laughs> where's <laughs> Nestor, man? I want to fondle Nestor. I want to feel I mean, his hair. What did I say? You got it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're allowed to not laugh at your own funny jokes. It's fine. I mean, do it every other week. Jesus. <laughs> um, so yeah, a lot of, lot of Nintendo news. Chris, I, I put here this specifically for you. This news item is your time to shine. What what, what is this game? What is Rad Rally, and why should we care? <laughs> it's a it's a it's a it's a Sega arcade racer that I'm guessing they couldn't sell the sequel. To what is it? Radmobile, Sonic the Hedgehog's first appearance. Oh but, my uh, gosh! Hmm. The one from Encino Man, where he's hanging. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's it's the rally sequel to that, and it's you know I even went looking it up online. Not a lot of fans, but uh, <laughs> but it's free. But it was this something is a, they could do. <sighs> Damn it! On, I love the arcade one-up machines, and so far the ones I have uh, grifted from Walmart mm-hmm. don't have the ability to upgrade their firmware. The new ones do, so in case something goes wrong, like the Miss Pac-Man machine, they just added a speed mode, like that speed hack they used to put in old-school Pac machines. And the Outrun cabinet, which looks, which is, I I want so very bad. But I am not sitting on a stupid baby sled while I play a little arcade machine. <laughs> but I love racing games. I love Outrun. I love Turbo Outrun, Outrunners. It added a firmware upgrade, and it came with a free game. That's never happened before. So just out of nowhere, a free game just popped I, I up on the machines. I wonder if they're going to do that on any of the other machines. Now, this one is a premium. It's considered a premium cabinet for them because not only does it have a sit-down, but I guess the marquee is light up as well, which not all of them marquee have. Is light, light well, it, has, it has steering wheel and pedals. Nice. That's and there's nice. a stand-up version. That is the only one I would ever get in my home because that I'm a six foot two man, almost 400 pounds. It feels like after COVID, and uh, there's no way I'm sitting down yeah. in a three quarter arcade racing sled. I don't Never. need to stri- to test how uh, you know yeah. load bearing those machines are. No thanks. I, I, the bathtub got me before. I'm not going to get stuck in anything <laughs> else this year. <laughs> it's like William uh, Howard Taft. <laughs> right yeah see that's a real thing that actually happened yeah. just like cyberpunk is a real thing uh well it's a fake thing that that's a real game yeah. um oh. that may or may not happen depending on if you have playstation 4 uh, but it's already sold 13 million copies and that was after all those returns um that's yeah bugger. sony 
uh, this happened right after we recorded last week. They pulled the game off their digital storefront. Cyberpunk is no longer available through PlayStation Online right now. Yeah, which which may have been just like, well, why are we if we're going to offer this generous return, why leave it out there for sale still? Like, let's mm-hmm. wait for the problems yep. to get fixed. Yep. Yep. Uh, and then um, last, as of last week, we were talking about like how Microsoft and Sony kind of seemed taken by surprise by uh, CDPR's announcement that like, hey, anyone can get a refund. Mm-hmm. And it, apparently they worked all this stuff out. And now Microsoft and Sony are offering refunds of the game. Um, although there are some people online who are upset that they could no longer play after getting a refund. And I'm like, what did you think would happen? <laughs> you don't just get to keep playing it. Yeah. Yeah, I, I even saw I Best Best Buy is going to do it physically, so I'm thinking I'm going to take advantage of it. Hmm. I mean, that's something they had to scramble and work out. I'm just and, wondering, do they think it works like at a restaurant where like, oh, I'm sorry you didn't enjoy your meal. Please, it, It's free. Yeah. It's on the house. It's like, free. It doesn't work um, that way. <laughs> but then here, here's the thing. You might not want to continue playing it, at least for the time being. Like last week, my advice to you guys is wait it out. Wait till they yeah. patch all this stuff. Because mm-hmm. apparently there's a game-breaking save bug now where if your save file gets over 8 megabytes, the game crashes. And this includes PC, Ugh. the more stable version of the game. Uh, and apparently the way it happens, there's a couple ways. Every time you save it, it incrementally adds a little bit of size to that file. But it really gets bloated if you have a ton of stuff in your inventory or if you like craft a bunch of stuff. Mm-hmm. Or... And this is really bad because it's an open world game. If you play too long, like apparently if you play up in like the 60, 70 hour mark, it'll just naturally get to that eight meg size, which is bad news for open world. Like the one thing you should want to do is continue to play an open world. I'm wondering how did, how did any reviewers finish it? If this, if this appears to be a more or less universal thing, my guess is it really does require you to do some game breaking stuff like the, just, you know, it's the the public that has the min maxers and stuff they'll do crazy shit like i'm going to craft 2000 guns at one time mm-hmm. right? that's something like your average reviewer is not going to do True. so yeah. my guess is that's probably what's causing this hmm. just remember back back in the day dragon's dogma had a bug with the xbox 360 version where it was just deleting people's saves and it was kind of a, a similar uh situation where it was, it was an open world game and people were like, people save files were like hundreds of hours. Yeah, that's the way it was meant to be played. It's just like that's maybe the worst possible kind of bug you can have in your game is to like right. fuck with people's save data. Yeah, especially in a game that people are supposed to play for a really long time. Yeah, dozens well, CDPR, and CDPR, this this is really bad. Like when people were reporting this. Their first response, and I don't know if they've changed this, but it was basically like, "Yeah, we're aware. There's no way to fix it." Uh, so you're just fucked. Like, hope, hope you had a bunch of saves. Otherwise, we all quit. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> How does every other company do? It? Yeah. Don't they just like cap your inventory normally? Apparently, this is this issue isn't specific to them. Like other people have had to figure similar stuff out. I want to say like the Bethesda games have had problems with big saves and save creep and stuff like that before. And you can typically figure it out in the long run, but. Mm. Um, yeah, it's that's that's a bad bug, dude. Like, it definitely reinforced my whole attitude of I'm just gonna sit where I am in the campaign and wait for like April, and that's probably <laughs> when I'll go back to that game. Yeah, it's a good call. Uh, too bad. Yeah. 
Uh, but that's it for game news. I wanted to leave time because it is one of the last shows of the year, mm-hmm. and it is oh. the perfect time to be buying video game stuff. And you guys probably got your hands on lots of consoles and shit like that. Uh, we have a very special edition of Game Deals. Hit the sound, Michael. Take my advice and do as I say. Save a little money for a rainy day. What are you buying? <laughs> what indeed? I wanted to start with um, if you're okay buying used games, GameFly is kind of this like secret out there. Like you can usually find the year's newest games offered for extremely cheap. Uh, here's the best bargain I found in their used game sale. You can pick up Marvel's Avengers for fifteen dollars. Free shipping on all their used games. That is insane. The next best price on that game is $30 on the online storefront. So uh, 15 bucks for Avengers. Hmm. Yeah, and the the campaign, as I remember, was pretty good. With, with Kamala Khan, it's just like the end game stuff where it kind of, meh. That campaign alone is definitely worth $15. It's, you hmm. know, picking it up used. So um, hmm. Amazon, If you, for those of you who like your kind of physical versions of games, I wanted to make sure I gave you some options there. Uh, you can pick up Yakuza Like a Dragon for $35 Ooh. on Amazon. That was fast. Hmm. Ghost of Tsushima is $40, <laughs> which is the same as they're offering it in the uh, PlayStation Store. So you can you can get the physical version for $40. Uh, I mentioned uh, Marvel's Avengers, $30 on Amazon for the physical version. Um, Assassin's Creed Valhalla, $35 on Amazon. Maneater, one of my favorite games of the year, is on sale for $20 on Amazon. Nice. Watch Dogs Legion is down to $30 on Amazon, as is The Last of Us Part 2 is 30 So these are all the physical versions of the game if you, if you want to get your discs. Um, but on digital storefronts, digital is typically where it's at for the best deals. Uh, the Xbox deals, um, they have, they've been doing this quite a bit during their big sale. If you have not already tried out Game Pass, you can get three months of Game Pass Ultimate for a dollar each. That is insanely good deal. Three months of Game Pass for three bucks, basically. Uh, Codblops Cold War is already on sale for $45 through the <laughs> Xbox store. The Call of Duty games did not used to go on sale, like, ever. This is yeah. a big deal. Nor did Sony first-party games that didn't completely bomb. It's an <laughs> interesting time. The brand-new Mortal Kombat 11 Ultimate Edition, already on sale for $42 on Xbox. Uh, Resident Evil 3, $20. I took advantage of that and picked that one up. Uh, this is a bundle where you're going to have to spend a little bit more, but it's really worth it. You can get... Assassin's Creed Origins, Odyssey, and Valhalla, all three together for $64 for Xbox for that bundle. Yeah. Uh, let's see. PlayStation side, you can, you can get Persona 5 Royal is $30 for digital. Um, Amazon had the physical for 20, but it is gone. You cannot find it anymore. Uh, Final Fantasy 7 Remake, $30. And then Doom Eternal is, uh, $20, which is the same price as on Steam. $20 for Doom Eternal. That's this year. I really enjoyed that game. Uh, the best deals I found, though, were on the Epic Game Store, and it's because of the $10 reusable coupon I mentioned, where basically mm. you just activate a coupon on your account, and you can use it as many times as you want. I think it's before the end of the year. Yeah. So with the coupon, I'm going to quote you guys the prices with the coupon. Uh, Immortals Phoenix Rising, you can get for $30 on Epic. It's 40 everywhere else. Godfall, that brand new, the PS5, and now it's also on PC, uh, is $40 on Epic. Star Wars Squadrons you can get for $14 with the coupon on Epic. 
Uh, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 1 and 2, game we talked about in our top mm-hmm. five, $20 Oops. with the coupon. Uh, Fuser, the, the new um, uh, music kind of mixing game, DJ is $30. Mixing, yeah. It's really rare for, for those games to go on sale. So 30 bucks. Bug Snacks, if you didn't get it free from PlayStation, $11 with the coupon on PC. Uh, Ghost Runner, Michael, I know that's a game you yes. quite enjoyed. Kind of that cyberpunk action game. Yeah, it is. That. That, yeah. that game is hella demanding. Uh, I, I've huh. heard it compared to like Strider and uh, a bunch of other games. It's it's very fast, wall-runny, extremely I think it's got more in common with Meat Boy, yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah wow. like a first-person Meat Boy. <laughs> that's a well, good way to put it. Well, it is $13 with the coupon. And then Hades, uh, which is a, lot, a few of our, I think, games of mm-hmm. the year. $15 with the coupon. That is that is a lot of game for $15. That has been the Game Deals segment. Take my advice, do as I say, save a little money for a rainy day. Thank you! Uh, let's move on to the community segment, which as always is segmenting our community. Last week's question of the week was, do you wait for games to work out all the bugs before playing, or do you have to play them right at launch? Uh, Greg, you weren't here last week. What, what's, True. what's your usual stance? Usually, I think it depends. Uh, usually what happens is I'll decide the first time they announce a game if I'm gonna buy it, and then I'll just buy it at launch. Uh, but I don't know. I guess usually I'll like wait until the reviews are out. And if the reviews sound like it's really rough, like, cause I was going to do that with cyberpunk and it sounded so rough mm-hmm. that I ended up not buying. And so I am doing that with cyberpunk. I'm waiting, but like, yeah, it depends. Like no man's sky. I bought at launch and was like, yeah, this is rough, but I'm still, I still think it's cool. That was a weird one because they improved upon it so much that I felt like, two years after it came out was actually like the best time to buy the game. (laughs) But then it was also like they kept updating it and sometimes it would get better and sometimes it would get worse again because all the updates would like be buggy. And so it's like a little unpredictable sometimes. I don't know. I, I think that unless it's really severe bugs, it usually doesn't bother me that much. Hmm. Yeah, same. And I don't think I don't think we'd encountered bugs as severe as the game that led to this question. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's also yeah. like with unless it's a game where multiplayer is like a big component and you're trying mm-hmm. to get in on that uh to make sure you have people to play with. Mm-hmm. Uh I feel like there's less and less of like an impetus to buy games at launch because you know that they're likely to get better over time with patches. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, like, I've noticed this over the last year or two that, like, big AAA releases like The Last of Us 2 and this, that more and more they seem to be surrounded by a lot of, like, negative discourse just by virtue of them being really widely known. Mm-hmm. 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 And so, like, what I think used to be one of the main reasons to buy a game at launch was to like participate in the zeitgeist, you know, yeah, and yeah, like be right, part yeah, of this yeah. conversation. But the zeitgeist has become a real drag. I don't like basically, I think more than the bugs, what dissuaded me from buying cyberpunk at launch was that it just became this like tedious thing to think about with like all these layers of reasons that people are pissed off about it. And I'm like, I don't 
it's not fun anymore. <laughs> you know? No, I, I think I think some people took issue with how we talked about it, mm-hmm. and I know Cyberpunk has a lot of flack being thrown at it, but at some point I got sick of everything with Cyberpunk in the headline and just stopped reading it. So I wasn't yeah. even aware of those things. Yeah. And just because... I don't care. Like, wait. I'll wait till the game comes out. Who? I don't know what's happening here. I have real news to read. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's um, like I've always tried to tune out of stuff after. Like, when they'll announce a game, and I'll be like, "That looks cool. I will buy it." And then I try to tune out. But with the biggest games, just by ver- like being on social media, I feel like you end up encountering that stuff just through osmosis or whatever. Right. Because I was just like, I was just saw someone on my face like, "Cyberpunk is racist as fuck," and like. Is it? I don't. I played the game for thirty hours. I don't know what you're talking about, mm-hmm. and I'm. I'm sorry. Well, I, there I, are perennial I, issues. I want. With the I genre. want to know what you're talking about, but like, I'm not going to Google that. I'm not going to. Anyway, sorry. Mm-hmm. Like, it, like, what does that mean? Like, where did that even come from? What circles is this being talked about in? Uh, I thought I read game. Well, news. there are. <laughs> I mean, there are perennial issues with that genre. Always having mm-hmm. things like Orientalism in them, but oh, yeah, like. Sure. Because cyberpunk is the biggest, it's getting it, it gets nailed with that kind of discourse as though it were the first one to be guilty of it. When it's actually like, no, the whole genre is like that. Like I played Rise of the Dragon. It was a oh, Sega yeah. CD game. <laughs> Rise of the Dragon. That oh shit my god, is appalling. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. By well, we were talking about absolutely. cyberpunk. Is it doesn't just borrow from each other. They straight up just rip off concepts wholesale from each other. It's mm. like, oh yeah, that sounds awesome. I'm much, put that much in like robotic body parts. Yes. Yeah. 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 Cyberpunk is at a point where, like, I don't want it really in my life or around me anymore just because of how this is all unfolded. <laughs> I have not seen a brand turn this sour this quickly. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Crazy. Yeah. But it's, it's interesting. The past few years, we've had there's like bugginess reasons, like, okay, like a Fallout 4 or something, or even, you know, uh, 3 and, and New Vegas had this of like, I need to wait out these bugs. They got to patch these so I can play. But then when you mentioned like No Man's Sky, Greg, that's like, no, they were changing the game, like fundamentally going back and changing right. aspects of the game because of consumer feedback, which I suspect with Cyberpunk, most of the focus will be on bugs. But there might be there's a few things people are like, no, this is not what yeah, I this is a they, this they is might. a feature that they mm. they're passing off as a bug. Yeah, I've read some stuff mm. like that, too. And yeah, I mean, like, and what could happen, like, what happened with No Man's Sky is they were like, oh shit, we gotta add these features. And when they added the features, the game got really buggy. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They, yeah. So they, they, they were going back and forth on this cycle of like, okay, we're gonna make the features closer with what people wanted, but we're gonna break the game a little while while doing it. And, and eventually they developed this really healthy community where I think they got the award this year at the Game Awards, right? Of like best ongoing game or best community support or something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that that can work in your favor, but it it is uh, time consuming and expensive for developers to do that. So we'll see. Yeah. Well, uh, first answer on VigiGameApocalypse.com was from Hey buddy, you got to slow your car down and let me in. Who says? Not only do I wait for the bugs to be worked out, I also wait until the price is worked out. Usually two to three oh. years. I'm uh. cheap. Uh, happy eyes emoji. well it's not even just about being cheap anymore it's that the sales are so common now that like there's an endless stream of amazing games available for cheap like what you just listed doom eternal is 20 bucks yeah 
Great. Yeah, that's a lot of game, and it's also in Game Pass, so it's yeah. just like yeah. Yeah. it's a lot for a game that should be on Game. Pass. And you also get used to the like the rhythms of specific publishers. Like I kind of expect Bethesda to do deep sales quicker than most publishers. Mm. So I kind of thought Doom because like the original Doom was like eight bucks this year at some point, and I was like, wow. this was like a a super acclaimed game you know they're selling yeah. it like it's a dud <laughs> and I, I know doom eternal especially like that doesn't resonate that's not everyone's cup of tea like i really liked all the weird uh platforming sequences and the constant forward momentum of like having to jump between from monster to like uh hit this weak point pull out this this caco demon's eye chainsaw this imp take his the ammo that flies out keep, continue repeating this process but mm-hmm. like a lot of people that was not what they wanted at all so it, they're not you know, gonna like ghost runner <laughs> yeah 20, 20 bucks is a good way to discover whether or not you like that or not yep. i guess yeah um. Uh, oh God, Jinjo Fluffer sixty nine <laughs> says. Uh, uh, it really depends on the game. Uh, I try to be a savvy consumer as much as possible, but some games are pretty. Uh, our best experience at launch to being an older gamer means two things. One, I was conditioned to keep multiple save files long ago, so I have almost never lost pro- progress. And two, I take games way less seriously than I used to. With Cyberpunk, I had a major character's death ruined because a game was clipping through his forehead. Personally, I get way more enjoyment out of those random glitches than <laughs> than what is often a pretty ham-fisted attempt at an emotional scene. Fair point. I, I was telling... Did I say that on the last show? Like, um, I got a big, big hard crash and a corrupted save. Oh, and like, after that, I was Glitch City. Mm-hmm. And... Mm-hmm. And I don't know what it was, multiple occasions, a cell phone will just float through the room, oh, yeah. through a scene, like just a random cell phone. <laughs> and like, is this is this a ghost? Is this thematic with the, the story? What's up with this fucking cell phone that keeps floating around? And I'm like, I, whatever it is, it's entertaining. Mm-hmm. Anyway, yeah. I don't ever want to talk about this game again. <laughs> <laughs> let's not. Yeah. Uh, let's move on to the official Laser Time Facebook community, where Padre Sean O'Rourke says... Basically, I only buy games new if there is a big multiplayer community, since those can go away within a year, Titanfall 2. Uh, but some ponderous RPG will be just as fun next year, and probably even better due to DLC and bug fixes for a quarter of the price. Agreed, and that is how I played and enjoyed The Witcher 3. Mm. Vincent Goodwin writes, I'm primarily a Nintendo player, so the idea of waiting for bug fixes and patches is so foreign to me. I don't even think there were, were patches for Nintendo games until the 3DS uh, less than 10 years ago. You just put up with bugs before then. Mm. And they're not, yeah. they tend to not put out very buggy games. That's I was going to say, Nintendo didn't really have buggy games. And, I mean, if you believe the official seal of quality was a thing back in the day, they didn't let people put out buggy games either. So. Mm, I still remember some buggy games. Couldn't tell you well, any there specifics. Were, yeah, but. there were plenty of games that were terrible by design. Oh, like yeah. From <laughs> Just awful, awful fucking <laughs> games. Yeah. It was not really a seal of quality. Maybe a seal right. of testing. But <laughs> yeah, it's basically cert. Like, this game passed cert. Mm-hmm. That's yeah, all that right. seal yeah, means. Yeah, basically. Um, on Twitter, the Dork Knight says... I usually buy the game first and experience the bugs. It doesn't bother me that much if they're not game-breaking or there aren't a lot of them. But with a game like Cyberpunk, I think I'll wait until it gets patched. Good thinking. Mm -hmm. And finally, Nick Fleming says, I usually don't get any games at release. I wait for deals, which allow for any number of patches. However, I really wanted to play Cyberpunk, so now I'm torn between waiting for some quality-of-life improvements or playing a partially broken game 
balls. <laughs> uh, I'd say it depends on the platform. If you're on PC, it's a maybe. If you're on console, hard, hard wait on, mm-hmm. on Cyberpunk. I, saw, I love that tweet I saw today. Like, um, Cyberpunk <laughs> has an exclusive console <laughs> that the game doesn't work on. <laughs> what? The Xbox. <laughs> The Cyberpunk Xbox. Oh, that's right. Oh. It, 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 I mean, like oh, physical wow. version is, edition. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Wow. So wait, is that console available now, and the game isn't? Uh, no, the game is. Still Microsoft available. didn't stop selling the game. Only Sony took it off their uh, store. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Wow. But but that it's an Xbox One that's Cyberpunk themed. Um, yeah. Which is even weirder when they're trying to push Xbox Series Xs. It's mm-hmm. like, sure, buy the last version of this. Thing. Sure thing is it's not like it's an underserved genre at all like if there's anything i learned in november i did i did cyberpunk month on the stream and i played like a different cyberpunk game every single day yeah there are so many options some of which are pretty similar like the the recent deus ex games i I was gonna say i just here's the game deal i bought the ultimate edition of Mankind Divided, Deus Ex Mankind Divided, for $7 on Microsoft. Yeah. So just do that. Just go buy that. That game is really good. I, I remember hmm. hearing that it was like a step down from Human Revolution. I totally disagree with that. I think it's a big step up. Like the setting is a lot cooler. And the DLC is really good. Worth a yeah, look. Yeah, and that, that edition comes with the DLC for 7 bucks, man. So go, go get, if you want a Cyberpunk fix for now and you're a console player... Wait on Cyberpunk and maybe go play those two Deus Ex games from this from these previous two generations because they're pretty good. I don't know if I'd, I'd say that like I'd seen it was a step down, but there definitely seemed to be less excitement around it. Like I haven't yeah. seen nearly as many Mankind Divided specific memes as I did for, for Human <laughs> Revolution. It, it was a little less groundbreaking, but it was mm. also um, you know what it played like to me it was a lot more like a Dishonored game. Hmm. You know, like it, they're they're both kind of that similar. Like, hey, this is technically a first person shooter, but you're not really supposed to shoot that much. In yeah, games. right. Yeah. That's good. Um, so, new question of the week: um, What is your personal game of the year for 2020? Um, Matt, you, me, and Chris uh, will answer that question next week. But uh, Greg. Do you have a, a personal favorite from this year? Godfall, oh, man. baby. I mean, okay, <laughs> so I played a record f- low number of games that came out this year, mm-hmm. even though I played a shitload of games in 2020. Here's what I played. I played Neo 2 for, like, the first few hours because I insist, like, I promised my friend that I would only play with him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, 13 Sentinels, oh. Ghost Runner. I didn't get very That's far it. in 13 Sentinels. Yeah, I only, I only played the tutorial stuff. <laughs> Yeah, and then Ghost Runner. I played the first few hours. Just going. So basically, I have a handful of hours in three games this year. Hmm. Uh, going off that, Neo Two, far and away the winner for me. That, but that was 2017. My favorite game was Neo One, mm-hmm. uh, and I'm actually surprised at how much they improved upon that. For one thing, it's way more user friendly in terms of how to play with friends. They they mm-hmm. did away with all the like you got to use a consumable item and you know, like summon your friend each time you die and all mm-hmm. that's gone. Uh, and there's just like the combat's a little more fun. There's more weapons and it's, yeah, it's a blast. Um, I, I keep wanting to play more, but I promised my friend I wouldn't get ahead of him. <laughs> <laughs> and he's a uh, dad. Uh, <laughs> Michael, my type Ooh. propose we, how about we do our entry that didn't make the final top. 10? Sure. Like our, one of our, our 
this would be our honorable mention. I mean, we can we can talk about it again next week since we're going to be asking all the guests this as well. But um, I'll, mm-hmm. I'll talk about one that I know for sure we're not talking about next week, which is Paradise Killer. Uh, mm-hmm. It's a fantastic first-person exploration whodunit. And in an open world where you are basically dragged out of exile and uh, set loose by this judge character and said, like, all right, someone murdered the entire council. Uh, We only know this because of, like, blood samples that we found around the scene, which nobody can get into. It's your job to investigate this. Go. And you're given minimal direction. You just start going and talking to people, finding clues lying around. Uh, getting cool powers that you double, double jump and air dash, which, you know, are essential in any, uh, in crime investigation game. And, nice. uh, but it, it all adds up to a really fun hole that I think was, was extremely memorable, if not exactly replayable, because it's going to be the same every single time. So it, it yeah. feels like a Danganronpa or a Phoenix Wright, but in an open world. And you, there is one case you're investigating and it all comes to a head at the end in the big trial. And that trial, the outcome is entirely dependent on you and the evidence that you found. And if you found enough to blame the right people, because if you haven't, you might find evidence, only have found evidence that points to these other people. And you mm. you might end up executing the wrong people or not executing the right people or whatever. So it's it's pretty awesome. I remember I bought this based on your recommendation, and mm-hmm. I really need to give it more of a chance. Here's mm. a game that I recommended to both you got you and Chris, and you said no. I don't, I don't <laughs> think you liked it. And I can understand why, because it takes a little while to get into. But Ori and the Will of the Wisps, mm. I would argue, huh. is every bit as good as the original Ori, and maybe better in some parts. They've streamlined some stuff. Um, but it does take a little while until you unlock enough powers to really kind of make it feel like that last Ori game again, which the first one did as well. But I thoroughly enjoyed my time with Ori, and I I, I think it got played a lot because it was a Game Pass game, but if not, um, go play it. It's, it's a special uh, Metroidvania, quote-unquote, but it, those are just beautiful games, amazing soundtracks, uh, touching story, and, and some of the hardest, like, you talk about platformer stuff, some of the platforming in, the, in that game is legit difficult, and um, it's a really fun game. And mine was, of course, Super Mario 3D All-Stars, mm. the actual best sure. game of the year, <laughs> but y'all don't want to deal with that, do you? Do you? Well, it's easy you? when you take... Legendary games yeah. from three different years. <laughs> <laughs> three of the best games on three previous consoles. Put them in one game. It's undeniably the best game that came out this year. And you're, you're too, y'all are too fucking cowardly to talk about it. To even talk about it. I'm too cheap. Just kidding. Wait, it's how against did that the rules. not make it into our best remasters? Holy shit, was that it, an oversight? It's against because the, there's not remastered. That's true. Yeah, they're they, not. They're they absolutely not. Them. They're just re-released. <laughs> All they did was give it to us again. Yeah. That's all that Nintendo needed to do. Yeah. I'm a big sucker. And you can check my Nintendo profile from the previous segment to prove it. I don't hate on that game because if, if it did nothing else, it is kind of redeemed Super Mario Sunshine. Like, that game was yep. starting to get a really bad rep with people. And I'm like, look, that game was pretty fucking good. Relax, internet guy. Charming and original. <laughs> it If it's your only Mario game for, like, six years, you can see why people pitch fit but now it's not that anymore it's it can be appreciated in a different light uh, and it's never looked better it's great all right 
So what was your game of the year for 2020? Let us know. Go to VidyaGameApocalypse.com and answer under the comments for episode 399. Or you can hit us up on the official Laser Time community on Facebook. There'll be a thread there where you can answer. Or just ping us on Twitter at VGApocalypse. And we will read the best answers, if not on next week's show, then on our first real show of 2021. Uh, anyway, that's been our show. Let's start with some plugs. Uh, Greg, once again, tell us about Lacquerware. Yeah, if you if you find you like video games, I stream on Twitch <laughs> at Lacquerware. L-A-C-Q-U-E-R-W-A-R-E. Um, try to do a big variety of stuff, new and old, domestic and foreign. Uh, yeah, lately I've been doing holiday... I've been sticking with themes lately. This month i did like a winter games and holiday games last month the cyberpunk etc hmm. etc uh yeah i'm there and i'm lacquer leaks on twitter nice mm. and uh, uh patreon.com slash laser time is where you can get the new episode of 30 2010 games it's a little late but it's still it's still <laughs> fun October. nonetheless and hear me the most irresponsibly hammered I've ever been on a podcast in my life. And I know Vigigame Apoc- Apocalypse listeners who make it to this point, that is saying a lot. Mm-hmm. But uh, <laughs> I, I swear. I swear it's true. Uh, and uh, the, there's a new bonus episode of Sick of Star Wars where me, Adam, and Jeremy uh, get together to talk about the Mandalorian and Boba Fett. It's nice. a pretty good segue into Empire Strikes Back. And it's sort of why we held off talking about that because one of the characters... Uh, story arcs completely changed. Uh, spoiler, no, no spoilers, but like, uh, come on, <laughs> your your social media feeds look just like mine. You know everything that happened in Mandalorian. Um, yeah, and possibly. yeah, to check that out. Nice. Oh, oh, sorry. And we have a brand like a brand new right now. Listen to the the Laser Time Christmas special. It's up. You can listen to it right now. Ooh, Ooh love the, it. The, love the it. new meaning of Christmas. You can you can listen to that while watching me on Twitch. I'm at Maddie C. Allen. Um, I also stream games. I'm not as thoughtful as Greg. I don't necessarily have themes uh, per se, <laughs> but I just kind of stream whatever whatever. Uh, comes to me, but I've been streaming a lot of open world games lately. But I, I'm I'm what you would call a variety streamer. I like to change things up quite a bit. So uh, that is spelled M A T T Y C A L L E N. That's also my handle on Twitter. Uh, some of you might be wondering, Matt, what happened to the Monday Night Movie? And I can tell you, the holidays. Um, but <laughs> I, I do plan on picking that back up uh, oh, as we head into the new year. I probably won't do it every week because uh, I found it was just a lot to try to get guests. I I, I do like them way better. Better when I get guests, would Greg is Greg has been a guest and is always Thank fun. You. So we're probably going to switch to uh, maybe monthly or every other week. I got to figure it out, but that will come back. So uh, keep an eye on that, and would love to have you guys in the new year. Just watching some movies on Mondays, grab the popcorn, grab some beers, and let's do it, dude. I'm glad you brought that up because I was wondering. I always look forward to those. Hmm. It's a great way to start the week. It's just, you know, uh, kids are home from school for oh, the yeah. holidays and stuff like that. <laughs> Good to take breaks. WWE Raw has never been better. Oh, <laughs> my God. The ratings have never been lower. Plus, Cyberpunk is, is out. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's true. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, as always, uh, visit us online at VigiGameApocalypse.com. Uh, visit us on Twitter at VGApocalypse. Follow us there or follow me personally at Wikiparas. That's W-I-K-I-P-A-R-A-Z. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you next week.
It's a carousel. Damn it, I learned that. They, they it's must a carousel. Say that again, because you like it ran into your mic as you yeah, were saying yeah. that. <laughs> One more time. Paper. It's a. You want to do it, Chris? You do it better than I do. It's a carousel. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs>